so content warning for this episode and the entire season, uh, we will be discussing suicide and suicidal thoughts, themes of self-harm and suicide, just it's new moon, that's what's in it. Uh, so please take care of yourself. And if that's something you can't handle, we'll see you in eclipse season. <laughs> She got that dog in her ass. Hi, G. Hi, Shannon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Books, One Plot, the only podcast on the web where one of us writes Life and Death, one of us writes Midnight Sun, and a nonsense initiator, meme appreciator, and one of the few people who matches my silly goose energy reads New Moon, which is, yeah, oh, a different intro than you guys are used to hearing but um mm-hmm. that is also how i'm going to introduce my friend nicole who we will meet in a little bit and she will be our twihard of the week beyond that all you guys need to worry about right now <laughs> is that i have been edward's therapist of the week and shannon has been our feminist of the week exactly. and as for the rest of it it will all be explained shortly it's great we're excited <laughs> We're so stoked to be back here for season two by popular demand. Yeah, I know. In our new moon era. In our new moon era. I mean, only in title. Feels so good to say. I know, but only in title. Because I feel like when someone says this is my new moon era, it's not a good thing. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking of going into depression just sort of as a method acting. Like I'll just oh, no. sit and stare out the window. Well, for I'll, I'll be your Jacob, girl. That's me. That's my job. <laughs> but um, I hope you guys are ready for this potentially extra long uh, episode because for first season we yep. kind of had this as our episode zero to d- explain the season and the show right. but okay okay so we're yeah. just jumping in with both feet today yes mm-hmm. we're, we're giving you one possibly two episodes on the same day um as our inaugural episode of season two uh or mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna call it episode 26 welcome to episode 26 but yeah. last season we had a separate episode to talk about the history the outside history of the publication of twilight and stuff and all this extra information um this year we're jamming it into the, our, our first episode of new moon yeah um so this first part is going to be just me and shannon talking about our paratext our epitext our history our fun stephanie meyer facts mm-hmm. um and our new format our new new moon format for all of you guys our new bit. um our new bits yeah and then after that, we are going to call Nicole to be our guest for the section where we talk about the actual first chapter of New Yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. There's a lot going on today, but it's just hit after hit, you know, no misses today. We're going to crack open this um, new moon lore and really hit the ground running because yep, Stephanie Meyer also does too. So we'll get to that soon. Clear eyes, forwards, jumping in head first. Dude, new moon. I'm, I feel a little bad saying this, but new moon might be one of my least favorite of the twilight books in a way well it's interesting because i was thinking about this earlier and i was thinking how it's very polarizing within fandom the fandom specifically because most people either it's like their favorite or they don't like it and i i think like the surface explanation for that is that like do you prefer vampires or or werewolves (laughs) do you prefer edward or jacob like i know for me as a young child as a little tween reading this, I would skip the middle part because I only cared about <laughs> vampires. Um, 
Spoiler, uh. there's no vampires in the middle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I would skip the middle part. But I think as an adult, I can appreciate that New Moon is more of a like character-driven, slower-paced, more yeah. intimate story than yeah. like, if you think about especially Eclipse and Breaking Dawn, those are very plot-driven stories with like a big yeah. scope, a lot of characters, a lot of events happening, boom, boom, boom. New Moon is more of a like, it's got a slower pace and it's more about the emotions of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I can see how that makes it some people's favorite i see but the thing is i don't dislike new moon because new moon gives like it's there's something in new moon for everyone like there's a lot in it for us at the beginning and a lot in it for us at the end i'm no speaking for me and g um (laughs) but there's it's new moon's got something for everyone but as a whole it's just yeah you're right it is very polarizing but you know what you know what we can all agree on Mm -hmm. that soundtrack that new moon soundtrack 10 out of 10 no soundtrack for any movie ever will compare even Twilight's. Yeah. Nope, High New Moons is on top, baby. It's good. That is a popular opinion, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's less controversial, yeah. So we can all agree on. <laughs> we'll come together on that one. But, you know, we're lucky we even have New Moon. Because before we can even talk oh, about the history of New Moon's publication, <laughs> we gotta talk about Forever Dawn. Because things yeah, could have been so different. If you've never heard of Forever Dawn, um, I, I'm so excited for you to learn today. It sounds fake. You're going to think we're fucking with you. (laughs) But this is a real thing. History lesson that sounds like you're being punked. But it's going to come straight from Stephanie Meyer because she has a lot of detail on her website about this. And I'm going to read you a whole bunch of it. Yeah, Um, I'm ready. So just to backtrack a little. New Moon (laughs) History. uh, It was first published on... August 21st? It might have been September. Yeah, it's, it's, the actual official date was September 6th, but she was doing the tour beforehand, so they were, like, handing them out and shit. So, it yes. technically, August slash September was the official. August, September of 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so, almost exactly a year after Twilight, which was published on September 27th, 2005. And, and there's at least one post where she says she was writing New Moon and editing Twilight at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we can assume that it was written in like 0405 um, yes. and revised kind of along the way. And so it was written under very cir- different circumstances from Twilight. And I'm going to let Stephanie Meyer tell you about that in her own words. Here we go. From this blog post from November 4th, 2006, which is titled The Story Behind the Writing of New Moon. And the full post will be available linked in our show notes for you guys to read. read it, please. But for now, I'm just going to read you most of it. And I'll... I apologize in advance. I'm going to try to be fast because this woman done wrote six pages. (laughs) Okay. So she says, writing a sequel is a very different experience than writing a story. It was for me, at least. If you've read the story behind Twilight, then you know I didn't set out to write a novel or begin a career as an author. I was just writing down a story for my personal enjoyment, letting it grow as it would and lead where it would. No pressure, just fun. So to recap for those of you who have not listened to our episode zero, Twilight, based on a dream she had, Mm -hmm. Gerard Way not involved at all, not MCR <laughs> fan fiction. Stop no. spreading that mis- misinformation, I swear to God. Based on a dream she had, she wrote it in like a feverish couple months just for herself and her sister and family. Just to cope as um, being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is where she gets into talking about Forever Dawn, and that is wild. Listen up. Yeah. The first sequel I wrote to Twilight Forever Dawn was more of the same. I wasn't planning a sequel any more than I was planning to write a book in the first place. Originally, Twilight had a more defined ending, but when it was ended, I started writing epilogues. After I'd written three epilogues, all of them Mm. over a hundred pages long, I realized I wasn't ready to stop writing about Bella and Edward. One of those epilogues turned into Forever Dawn. 
People often ask me if I'm ever going to make Forever Dawn public. The answer is no. For one thing, it's not great. It's downright embarrassing in some places. <laughs> However, some of the content will work as a loose outline for book four, so I can't tell you what happened either. I was about 300 pages into Forever Dawn when my life got turned upside down. Twilight was going to be published. People were going to read what I was writing. Wow. More specifically, young adults were going to read what I was writing. Unintentionally, I'd written a young adult novel. I realized pretty quickly that Forever Dawn did not follow the rules of YA. Because I was cut up, caught up in the story, I finished Forever Dawn anyway, knowing that it would never see the light of day. I gave it to my big sister as a birthday gift, and then I started on the real sequel. Mm. So the thing about Forever Dawn is that while it does not exist, um, well, 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 well. it has been copyrighted. And when you copyright something, you need to get a copy on file with the Library of Congress. So, so if you pay a pretty steep fee and travel to the Library of Congress in D.C. and set up an appointment with their people and go into a little locked room where you're not allowed to bring your phone, only like a pencil and a paper, um, you can, in fact, read the original manuscript of Forever Dawn. Yes, you can. And I know of at least one person who has done that and done a Reddit AMA about it. We will link that also in mm -hmm our show notes, but with without getting into the plot of Forever Dawn too much, like she says here, there are elements of it that correspond to Breaking Dawn, aka book four of the Twilight yes. series. Um, and it is solidly, even I would say even Breaking Dawn is like not super YA. Like the reason no. it's so polarizing is that it's it's got more adult themes. So it's interesting that she she claims she wrote YA by accident. I yeah, no. When I read that, I was like, "What do you mean by accident, Chloe? What? You made your protagonist a teenager. I don't yeah. think that was an accident. Your cast of characters are in that, um, you know, age range there. But you know what? She she never intended to market it to any audience, so it makes sense that her publisher An audience upon, of one. Yeah. Upon reading it, was like, "This is YA. Forever Dawn is not YA. I've heard a version where." It was her publisher who asked her to write two more books while Bella was still in high school. Because I also like heard that. YA market. So I guess um, that's so kind of wrong, maybe. I, I don't have a source to confirm that, but mm. like it could it could be true. It doesn't contradict what she says here. Um, but it makes sense that a publisher would be like, please write us two more books from high school. Thank you. <laughs> Give us more money, please. <laughs> so here's what she did. She says, as I began to sketch out New Moon, I went back to Bella's senior year of high school and asked my little cast of characters what happened. I swiftly regretted asking them for the story because they gave me a story I wasn't I expecting. I love this part. I love More this part. More specifically, Edward told me something I didn't want to hear. I should probably mention here that I am not crazy that I know of. It's just that I am a character writer. I write my stories because of my characters. They are the motivation and the reward. The difficulty with strong defined characters, though, is that you can't make them do something that, that is out of character. They have to be who they are. And as a writer, they're often out of your control. As I started plotting New Moon, untitled at that point, it became clear that Edward was Edward and he would have to behave as only Edward would. And because of that, Edward was leaving. Valid. No, I didn't want Edward to leave. I pitched a fit every bit as violent and tearful as those I've seen in New Moon discussion forums. I tried to talk him out of it. I presented him with other plot options. I begged. Edward remained unmoved. Someday, when Midnight Sun, Edward's version of Twilight, is available, I think you'll understand better what was going on in the boy's head. Do we ever? And I'm going to skip this part, but basically she gets into <sighs> the fact that Edward has self-esteem issues. <laughs> I... Um, Love she calls this. him silly. She talks about um, some spoilers for like upcoming chapters of New Moon that we're, well, we're going to talk about. Well, the impression that I 
get when she's talking about Edward in this is that, and we already know that she views him so much more different than we view him, but she eventually mm-hmm. like starts comparing him like she loves to do to like other people in this blog That post. part I am going to read. This here, here we go. So she says, so there I was with Edward leaving. It was a hard pill to swallow, but once I accepted the inevitability of it, I had an interesting question on my hands and writers live for interesting questions. What if, what if true love left you? Not some ordinary high school romance. Not some random jock boyfriend. Not anyone at all replaceable. Jockade out of nowhere. The real deal. Your other half. Your true soul's match. What happens if he leaves? The answer is different for everyone. Juliet had her version. Marianne Dashwood had hers. Isolde and Catherine Earnshaw and Scarlett O'Hara and Anne Shirley all had their ways of coping. And note here from G, note that these are all the heroines of Stephanie Meyer's personal favorite books that are also coincidentally Bella's personal favorite books. What a coincidence. That's crazy. Is a Bethany Swire moment. (laughs) Anyway, she says, I had to answer the question for Bella. What does Bella Swan do when true love leaves her? Not just true love, but But Edward Edward Cullen. Cullen. None of those other heroines lost an Edward um and then she goes on Dude, to neg no, every this, single love interest but what's crazy about this is that not only does she go on to neg it and i'm gonna read real quick and i'm gonna be, tell you how Do pissed it. off uh, about this i am but she says and this makes me so mad romeo was a hothead willoughby was a scoundrel mm-hmm. tristan had loyalty issues heathcliff <laughs> was pure evil Brett had a mean streak and cheated with hookers and sweet gilbert was, such, <laughs> was much more of a jacob than an edward but the thing is you're telling me edward's not a hothead Edward doesn't Seriously, have issues. The Romeo slander have that a we're about streak? to talk discuss in this episode is insane. And I don't oh, even like Romeo that much. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But there's yeah. there's Romeo slander coming up. Um, it's so funny that she had to neg every single one of those. And it's also so funny that she equates Willoughby, who doesn't end up with the heroine, with all these other guys. Like, it's what? Willoughby? Her true love? Are you serious? He's just some guy. I'm suspecting that Stephanie Meyer might have some Austin hot takes just based on this passage. Yep. Um, not that Willoughby wasn't a scoundrel, but like I hate him more than Heathcliff just personally. Anyway, Fun. I digress. But she next goes on to say, so what happens when true love in the form of Edward, Edward Cullen, Cullen leaves Bella? I let Bella answer the question for herself, writing to see what she would do. It was hard to write her pain because I had to live it to write it. And I was often writing through my tears. Um, And then she goes on a very long digression where she defends Bella from accusations of anti-feminism. It sounds a lot like what we talked about in episode zero. um, Her defense for writing life and death saying like, oh, she's not a damsel in distress. She's a human in distress. And it also mirrors when she talks about how writing Midnight Sun was fucking rough for her because she's like, writing Midnight Sun is so hard. It's like, girly, we know. She's a method writer. That's definitely. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to add right here a detail that I read in a different interview. This one from a BYU symposium in 2007. She is asked, why did Bella respond the way she did when Edward left? And she says, Bella's love for Edward isn't just a high school romance. It's true love. So you wouldn't just get over it in a month like you do a high school boyfriend. Stephanie said that she based Bella's intense pain on how she would feel if she lost a child. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait a second. No. Yep. No. This is paraphrasing because the person writing it down in the Twilight Lexicon was like paraphrasing whatever Stephanie's exact words were. But that's, that's fucking wild. Hello? It just felt so much more edible, as if this story wasn't I, edible enough. I we hate don't have that. Time to unpack all of I that. I hate that you just told me that. 
<laughs> I hate that. I hate that. That's a reality that we exist in. That's just a detail that I needed everyone to know. Anyway, oh, as damn. as we go forward, <laughs> she's writing through her tears. Um, so then she says, and thus was born the basic premise of New Moon and with it the title. To follow after Twilight, I needed a time of day to reflect the mood of the sequel. And this is the blackest period of Bella's life. I thought it appropriate to name the book after the darkest kind of night, a night with no moon. Then she says, I asked people to read New Moon twice, promising that I'd explain why later. It's later, and this is why. The first time through New Moon, I found that readers are so anxious about the absence of Edward that they can't settle into the middle portion of the book. They skim and speed read and flip ahead until at last they find him again. I'm raising my hand because that's yeah, valid. Yeah. <laughs> However, at that point, they've missed the main section of the novel almost completely. On a second reading, knowing that Edward will return to the story at the proper place at time, the reader can slow down and enjoy the wondrousness that is Jacob Black. And with that as a segue, on to the benefits. I didn't realize until I was working on the resolution how much my characters had gained from this experience. Vital stuff. And uh, I'm not going to read this next part where she talks about what they gained, because a little bit spoilery. But suffice to say, we'll reflect on this at the end of our season two. And I I agree with her here. I think they did have important arcs in New Moon. Yes. Uh, emotional journeys, you know? Yeah. Um, then she has this whole paragraph talking about Edward. I'm not going to get into it too much, but the part that's of interest to me and Shannon is that um, it's talking about how Edward doesn't believe Bella's feelings for him are that deep because she's just a mere human. How could she possibly know the depth of love that he, a vampire, Ooh, knows? Shit, and it says that the reason he thinks of Bella's love is not that deep is because his family's love is so much deeper than humans. And it talks specifically about Carlisle's and Esme's love, Alice's and Jasper's, or even Rosalie's and Emma's. Even, I guess just we'll give them that. Just a mean little neg in there. I know! <laughs> I just, yeah. But she does call Edward a know-it-all in this paragraph, so that's pretty funny. I adore it. Okay, so then she she kind of wraps it up by talking about Jacob. She says, And then there's my favorite gift that New Moon gave to me, Jacob Black. Jacob's development into a major character was a strange journey. Originally, Jacob was just a device. In Twilight, Bella needed a way to find out the truth about Edward and the conveniently located Quileute tribe with all their fantastic legends provided a cool option for that revelation. And so Jacob was born, born to tell Bella and Edward's secret. Something happened then that I didn't expect. Jacob was my first experience with a character taking over, a minor character developing such roundness and life that I couldn't keep him locked inside a tiny role. I just realized um, something. I just realized something. Because you, when you said that, something in my brain just clicked that I've been trying to make sense for so long. Because you know how we're always like, Stephanie Meyer, why do you why do you ignore the minor characters that are so much more interesting? This is what happens when she pays attention to one minor character for more, than, one, more than five minutes. They turn into a secondary love interest. Oh, no. <laughs> this, wow. Well, maybe we don't want them to turn to focus on the other ones. Yeah, maybe. Let's not. Yeah, careful what we wish for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, um, she then she goes into the specifics of like exactly how she changed Jacob. She talks about how she was writing New Moon and editing Twilight simultaneously. So she was able to go back and weave Jacob and Make Billy throughout Twilight more centrally. Yeah, uh, which is smart. Makes sense. Yes. That's what you want to do. Good on you, girl. Um, then there's a part that I actually, I've already read in our episode six when we were talking about specifically which Quileute uh, histories and stories uh, that she yeah. appropriated um, and fucking changed. Yeah. And so like that is, um, we're not going to get into that here, but um, yeah. little digression to say congrats to the Quileutes on their tribal school that they actually so completed pretty. last what, last summer, 
I think. Either um, one summer or two I, summers ago. It's been yeah, I think this a year is or two. The kids' second year attending that shiny new beautiful school and it I looks know. really nice. So happy. Um, yay. But if there are other buildings that they gotta move out of the flood zone. Yes, so don't stop donating. Still, still donate to move to higher ground. We will link that in the show notes. MTHG.org, too. Mm-hmm. baby. Uh, anyway, she talks about a lot of New Moon spoilers about Jacob and other characters and how he, Bella's wolf dream was always one of her favorite images from Twilight, which, girl, why? Um, what? It was not a particularly well-executed scene. But she says, um, it all started to come together then. At that point, all the crucial supports of the story were in place and I only had to write it. Ha, easier said than done. It's hard to explain how joyous the writing process was for me when I was creating Twilight. It was something I did for fun and excitement with no concern for what anyone else might think because no one else was ever going to read it. With mm. New Moon, I knew people were going to read it. She said, it very hard to put the words down. <laughs> and I had a horrible feeling, much like stage fright the whole time I was writing. Valid. Um, yeah, That's she valid. talks about... New Moon was a hard story to tell, not only emotionally, but also functionally. It needed a lot of work. The New Moon outtakes I posted explain mm-hmm. some of the bigger renovations that I had to make. Then she says, um, the good news is I got over the stage fray and talks about how Eclipse and Breaking Dawn were easier to write. Um, so, yeah. Interesting enough. Yeah. That's pretty much this whole piece here. <sighs> it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes, she talks about the New Moon outtakes, which is relevant to us because we're we'll actually going, going to be reading them, yeah. the New Moon outtakes concurrently which with where they fall in the story as we yes. go through our chapters. We will sometimes have extra work. That's one of the one of the things we're doing to try to keep up our gimmick of reading more than just one book. Yes. Um so we will be able to compare and contrast those. Which will be interesting to see. Um but yeah, that's that's our history there in her own words. But moving on from um Forever Dawn, I always try to I always stutter when I start saying that because my mind wants to say any other Twilight book, but I'm like, no no no, this one counts. This one is part of the, the unpublished epic six hundred plus page masterpiece. Oh, it's that long Forever Dawn. Yeah, oh, I didn't it's know either it she long. she says in various places on her website that it was six hundred or seven hundred pages. So, damn, oh, wow. we dodged that bullet. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Well, we didn't dodge it too hard because we still had to read Midnight Sun last season. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but looping back to New Moon, which is our our new little little topic here. I've got my book in front of me, which is super, super duper old and falling apart. It's the only Twilight book I own that's actively falling apart, actually. I, but, you know what? I went looking through my hidden stack of Twilight books under my bed hidden. for New Moon. And what I thought was New Moon is actually a third copy of Twilight. That is <laughs> incredible. I would expect nothing more. I don't know why I have so many, but I do. Yeah. I um, have a first edition, actually. That's why it's falling ooh, apart. Yeah. Damn. Well, no, I I do have a lovely PDF, and I did go take pictures of a physical copy at the bookstore yeah. so that I would have all of oh, the correct fun. Um, stuff to look at. But so, I mean, yeah, New Moon as a whole, as, as G already said, it was published in uh, August, September 2006. Um. And I guess I haven't noticed as a new book reader that when you look on the inside of a book like this, it'll have the summary listed. And it's a summary that I'm not used to yes! reading. No, I, I don't know what that. you have, but I have one one of my numerous totally legal PDFs has the most <laughs> garbage summary you've ever heard. Well, hold on. Let me read the real one then. And you can tell me if yours is just <laughs> okay, not right. Okay. okay. So the in-book summary in New Moon says... 
When the Cullens, including her beloved Edward, leave Forks rather than risk revealing that they are vampires, yes. it is almost too much for 18-year-old Bella to bear. But she bear? Bear? <laughs> but she finds solace in her friend Jacob until he is drawn into a cult and changes in terrible ways. Hmm. When I read that, I was like, I mean... That's such a mischaracterization of what happens. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> they do not leave in order to keep the vampire secret. That's some nonsense. If they were going to do that, they would have done it in chapter four. Changes in terrible ways. I got, I took offense to that when I read yeah, Jacob well, Changes calling, in Terrible Ways. What is this? Calling them a cult Eclipse? is so mean. Like, uh, the whole point of this book is that they're not. But I, I guess they were, once again, bearing the lead there. Um, I, yeah. I just... It's not a good summary. It's not good. It's bizarre. It's downright misleading. Like, yeah. I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> Leave Jacob alone. Poor Bubba. Um, but while we're on paratext, we mm. have, it has a picture. It once again has like a little title kind of picture. This yes. one, I believe is Volterra. I it's, feel like it's It looks like Volterra. an Italian-esque town square. There's yes, a, there's there's a, a there's tower, a tower in the background. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty picture. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's also like... Yeah more i don't know more end of the more book. of a like foreshadowing yes. and ominous than the the generic trees of the previous books because when you think of new moon like and you think uh you think of italy only a small amount but they're like no 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 remember remember italy's italy. in here <laughs> italy here but um, yeah while we're talking about um paratext though we, ha- we have to give a shout out to the alternate new moon covers the movie tie-in covers I have oh, an old picture right. of, it was me and Winnie from episode, what do we have, Winnie, five? Um, no, six. Yeah, Winnie six. from episode six last season. She and I were walking around a used bookstore in Virginia. and tie-in covers, man. She is, she's like having a breakdown over the new moon tie-in cover because she loves Jacob so much and he's on it. Uh, we, we'll put these in the show notes for you to look at too. But the one I'm specifically thinking of is one where... Kristen Stewart is kind of in Taylor Lautner's arms and she's like embracing him, but also cringing away from him. She's like so torn about this. And then there's a big ass moon behind them and it has Edward's creepy transparent face kind of glowering down at them from inside. The movie tie-in book covers for all of the books are (laughs) phenomenal. (laughs) They're all wild. Yeah. They're so dumb. Um, But I, I will share both the cover and the picture of, Winnie having Thank a meltdown over it because it's really fucking great. Um, I love to see it. But the actual cover that most of us are familiar with uh, is, is the flower. Yes. And Stephanie Meyer has actually talked about this cover in her FAQ, her New Moon FAQ. Uh, she announces that it is a ruffled tulip and she doesn't know what it means because she didn't get to pick this cover. Love the honesty. Uh, but I actually looked up in flower language and flower symbolism, mm. tulips are supposed to mean deep love, perfect love, or sometimes eternal love. Um, Shout out and to I the also publisher. came across, I you got it. <laughs> yeah, I came across <laughs> some sites that listed white tulips as meaning forgiveness and variegated tulips, multicolored, as meaning you have beautiful eyes. Which that's but are so they long? Are they Wait, long eyes though? Are they long butterscotchy ones? Which kind of tulip says you have long eyes? That's great. Um, but yeah, the, the tulip on the front of New Moon, in case you're not looking at it right in front of you right now, 
it's kind of sad and drippy. It's a, a white and red tulip and it's got a little bit of a red petal falling off. It's kind of yeah. reminiscent of a drop of blood. So gotta hand it to whoever picked this. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Stuck to the color scheme. I love something it. on theme. It's a very depressed tulip. It's totally the vibe. Mwah, chef's kiss. So, so we've got the dedication for this book. And I was kind of shocked by this because I guess I just forget who she has put all these books written towards. So this one says, for my dad, Stephen Morgan, no one has ever given more loving and unconditional support than I have been given by you. I love you too, which is cute. That's nice. Yeah. That's very cute. <laughs> but, um, huh, okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> to your dad. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> if um, I ever write a book, I'm dedicating it to Carl. I don't care what it's about. <laughs> I promised it. if I ever write a book, I have to dedicate it to my grandmother. So she gets oh, first dibs. Okay. <clears throat> Carl's not going to want it, which is why it'll be funnier. LOL. The epigraph, the opening quote that we get for this book. Um, I have to say, I like it much better than Twilight's. Uh, it is a very, it's now kind Famous. of an overdone, overused quote. But at the time, Stephanie Meyer used it here. It kind of wasn't in the pop cultural consciousness the way it is now. I'll explain. It goes, these violent delights have violent ends and in their triumph die like fire and powder, which as they kiss, consume. And that is Friar Lawrence talking in Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 6. Um, and I've always really personally liked that quote, but usually the version that has seeped into the sort of pop cultural consciousness post-Westworld and a bunch of other shows that quoted it um, is it just stops after these violent delights have violent have violence. Yes. Yeah. So I got to I mean, kind of props here for using the second part, because I really like the second part. Um, but the point of the quote in context is that this old ass, this old ass Catholic bitch is telling Romeo and Juliet, y'all moving way too fast. This is going to end badly. So it's some lovely foreshadowing. Oh, I um, love that. I never knew. It kind of fits New Moon very well, which is like, Bella and Edward, y'all are too intense, too fast. This is going to end in disaster. But yeah, in general, I feel pretty torn about the Romeo and Juliet illusions in New Moon. We'll get into it later when we start the actual They get chapter. kind of funny. <laughs> they get stupid. And I guess, okay, here's my, my take is going to be that I hate when Bella makes a Romeo and Juliet illusion. But it's fine when Edward does it in in this book. Okay, That's going to yeah. be my hot take. I'll, okay. I'll explain why later. I can't wait to dig more into it as we go on. Anyway, good epigraph but, for once. Good epigraph. Yeah. No, it is pretty good. And I mean, and just like Twilight, there's 24 chapters in New Moon plus an epilogue. So we get the um mm-hmm. the same amount of chappies on that on that front. Yeah, it's a pretty like normal length. It's not like a Midnight Sun amount of crazy. You guys remember how we were like, don't worry, we're still going to uh, continue on with the bit because we've committed to the bit. Mm-hmm. Well, now you guys get to figure out what the hell we mean by that when we say <laughs> one of us writes, one of us writes, and then one of us reads. So, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we there's a lot of Twilight podcasts that mm. are read-alongs out there, and we wanted to make sure that we continue to sort of stand out and do our own thing. And yeah. what made it distinct in the first place was the whole thing where we were reading three books at once and comparing them. In real time. Yeah. yeah our beloved Life and Death, our beloved Edith and Beau, and our slightly less beloved Edward. <laughs> Midnight Sun, yeah. <laughs> With our beloved Midnight Sun. We do love Midnight Sun. Yeah. But these versions don't exist in comparison to New Moon, as everybody seems to know. Right. Yeah. Stephanie has stated for the record multiple times, she's not going to continue writing the books from Edward's point of view. She's not going to continue writing the books from Beau's point of view. And she wrapped up life and death very differently to that end. Um, 
But we talked it over among ourselves and we decided that the best way to be true to our, the spirit of our podcast would be if we continued those two points of view. We love the ending of life and death, but we're going to disregard it. (laughs) We're going to disregard it. We're just going to pretend that Bo's having also a bad time like Bella and still isn't a vampire. Still human. Yes. Poor so we're going to diverge from life and death canon at around the time where he is in the ballet studio and gets vamped. Um, yeah. We're going to pretend he made it through human just like Bella and that the end of life and death was the same as the end of Twilight. So get on board for yeah. that. And what we are going to do is we decided for each chapter, we're going to continue switching off who gets life and death, who gets midnight sun. And instead of reading a chapter of a non-existent book, yeah. we are going to write just a little excerpt. As we're if, not going to make ourselves yeah, write whole as chapters. As if we were Stephanie Meyer, we are going to write a very small excerpt of what we would imagine would be happening. But she would have written. That was yes. an important stipulation. We can't write what we want to write. We no. have to write what we think Stephanie would have written here. Yep. Um, so if you guys see us straying from that rule please call us out on it yeah because i (laughs) I know we're gonna do it i just know it it's fine (laughs) um so that's our new shtick completely untried completely nerve-wracking oh no i'm stoked about this (laughs) i'm I'm also stoked about it but like we're gonna have to like people are gonna be reading our writing it's like stephanie meyer with her stage fright you know oh i give her shits (laughs) Eh, i mean i think mine's good (laughs) oh i don't care if mine's good (laughs) good in terms of aping the style of Midnight Sun. Um, but we're really excited about that and our, our commitment yeah. to the bit here. Yeah, to the which is why I am still a feminist today and and G is still a therapist today. Yeah, like and who better him. to get in Edward's head than his therapist? You know? I, know, I feel very qualified to do this. Uh, we're so qualified for this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we've, been, we've been preparing for over a year for this. But because of the fact that New Moon, uh, uh, New Moon doesn't exist for Life and Death or Midnight Sun, that mm-hmm. means we don't really know what to call it. Because we could keep calling it Life and Death. We could keep calling it Midnight Sun, but that's not as fun. No, it's not. It's we've not. We've really build these books from the ground up. So to that end, we are going to pick... Alternate titles, alternate covers, and I'm even going to get into what I think the epigraphs would be for these two books. But yeah, let's start with our alternate life and death title. Ooh, okay. Well, I have four that I, I want to suggest. Okay, I have propose. zero, so... Wait, you don't <laughs> I, have any for life and death? I... Okay, so I was like, I made a whole spreadsheet on brand, right? Of like, and I, yeah. I came up with so many alternate titles for like Eclipse Era Life and Death and Breaking Dawn Era Life <gasps> and Death. But not for New Moon. Nothing. Okay. Nothing moon. Oh, well, let me let me propose a few options for you. So okay. for New Moon plus Life and Death, for a, a Life and Death bow era New Moon, where he still, you know, human. was forced to be human and live under Charlie's roof and also had to wear stilettos at prom. Um, this poor bow. I think his new moon should be either titled Morning and Evening, Life and Death, Morning and Evening. That's a simple one. Um, this one's also simple. Hot and cold, you know? Hot and <laughs> cold. Perry song. Exactly. You know, all the old Hollywood stands will, will know. Um, mm-hmm. The third one, you know, because we, we've already confirmed that he suffers from this, but it's more explicitly stated in Life and Death than Bella's is in Twilight. Um, seasonal depression. That's number three. 
<laughs> and for my last proposal, I mean, this is just a bunch of teenagers having a really bad time dealing with things that maybe they shouldn't be dealing with. So I, I propose euphoria. <laughs> Not you taking a sip. I was about to do a fucking spit take. So maybe we Not should call euphoria. this euphoria. Oh my God. Yeah. Listen. Okay. Of those, I emphatically <laughs> reject hot and cold because okay. I... That's silly, and also I feel like it would fit Eclipse better. Um, mm. But the other ones, mm, some straight bangers. Morning I feel like I want it to be like euphoria and something. Euphoria and sorrow, you know? Something like that. An opposite. A nice opposite. A tale of euphoria and sorrow. We just, <laughs> we make it longer. Um, I like the idea of keeping the something and something I do too. for life and death, because yeah. I feel like that was a little ahead of its time, now that every single YA is called like... <sighs> A thing of things. A and bowl things. of mac and cheese. <laughs> that whole naming system. Yeah. So I, I definitely my my other suggestions for future books do follow that format. So <laughs> I don't know. Euphoria and something. Hmm. I I'm on board for that. What do you think? What do you my think? Brain's, my brain's my growing. Because I want to keep the word let... euphoria in there though, just so people are like, is this? Yeah, it is. It is reference to the hit show. I think um, we should let our listeners weigh in on this oh, and yeah. maybe have some polls. Yeah, uh, maybe you can, they can help. Yeah, maybe they, <laughs> they can, can help, help us choose what should go with Euphoria. Euphoria and so Blank. Exactly. Um, so we'll come up with some options for you and we'll throw them up in a poll. And then we're going to have to abide by the victor. We're going to have to d- abide yeah. by the audience's decision. So working title, Euphoria and something. Euphoria and something <laughs> is what we'll just call it. until. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Until it's time to publish those polls and finally uh, put those names into there. But, exactly. so that, okay, so there's life and death. Now, for Midnight Sun, New Moon, Midnight Sun, did you I have, have some? trouble, but I also had some, I had a lot of thoughts. The trouble I kept running into with all of these is that every possible title I thought up, I was like, I've definitely seen a Twilight fanfiction titled this. Yeah. Because there's only so many names of, like, celestial phenomena and everyone names their fic dusk you know aurora various like things to do with times of day and Noon, hours and moon, suns and moons even tide <laughs> well so yeah stiff. i have an old post saying that stephanie meyer should rewrite life and death from edith's pov and call it noon moon, moon the opposite of midnight sun <laughs> so i that one was right out because that belongs to edith but um mm. when i was thinking about new moon and how that evokes complete darkness in like the darkest time and no no moonlight. I was like, what is the equivalent of that for Edward from Midnight Sun? And Midnight Sun, the actual phenomenon, which we talked about a little bit in one of our previous episodes, is when the sun is out all night or yes. almost all night close to the poles. So I was like, the opposite of that in winter when it's dark all day, like Cousin Oscar from Iceland, yeah. as he explains in that one video, Hold on to that is called Polar Night. Okay. So, like, I like that, but also it also has the word night in it, which Midnight Sun already has. So I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But hey, you know what? Life and Death already has and in it, and now we're Euphoria and something. That's true. Um, so, so that's that's on the table. Polar Night, one option. Name, naming system. Um, I was thinking about other really dark times and the names for them. Um, the Winter Solstice. And I kind of like the idea of winter being somewhere in the title or evoked by the title. Because he associates Bella with Persephone, who is associated with spring. So I did jokingly put Bella, Solstice on here. <laughs> Solstice is also the title of a million Twilight fanfictions. I know, so. that's why I put it there. <laughs> 
winter solstice. Um, but I, I do think it would be appropriate because it's a dark time and there's no spring. It's the opposite of spring and Bella represents spring to him. So a time with no Bella would be his winter. Um, so I like that if something... Damn, you've got good winter. real ones. Oh, do you have some fake ones? <laughs> I have a... F- okay, well, listen. So I only have like one or two that are semi-serious. I was like, okay, new moon plus midnight sun equals full moon. Because whatever, it doesn't matter. Like new uh-huh. moon, full moon, opposite, it matches. And then I was like, sad boy summer. But then I was like, well, it's not summer. It's winter, <laughs> which is when I added solstice. But I was like, well, we'll see if we're going to put it. So you said winter. So that that counts. Um, and then I just started getting done with it. And I was like, the world's longest Zoloft dad. <laughs> and then my my two kind of serious That's definitely ones, what our followers would vote for. No. They would vote for the Zoloft dad. My, my two kind of serious ones, because I was like, new moon midnight sun midnight sun and then i was like what about <laughs> i forgot about this one midday sun and then i was like <laughs> and it was like so just a normal time to have the sun yeah and then i was like what about midnight moon so midnight midday moon. sun or midnight moon were my two like <laughs> it's just normal no and they're funny though those are my two semi-serious ones. They are funny. Midnight Sun. Well, I think if there was going to be a, a, a sun-related title, Midday Sun would be good because the Midnight Sun <laughs> does become a plot point toward the very end Midday of the story. Midday Sun! I can't wait to get to the preface. <laughs> or it could be something like Dark Noon, you know? Cursed Noon. <laughs> dark Noon actually sounds really stupid. Dark Noon? <laughs> I think maybe we should do it then. <laughs> do you think we should do Dark Noon? <laughs> it does sound really dumb. I think we should. <laughs> Okay, that... let's have that be our, our working title then. Okay. Dark Noon. We've got Euphoria and something in Dark Noon. <laughs> like an overcast, <laughs> upsetting day. Oh, boy. All right, oh so now we got to talk covers. What are What is on the cover of Euphoria and something? I think, like, if we look at the covers of Life and Death and Twilight, they're very similar. It's a white hand holding an apple of a, of a color. Um, so I, I like the idea of, again, Life and Death sticking really close to Twilight and having some kind of sad green plant. <laughs> Well, sad I <laughs> sad green plant. My propositions for a cover image was either the same tulip but green, mm-hmm. because obviously. Now I agree. I agree with the like just a black background and some some green leaves. You know, just some <laughs> leaves on a branch a fern or some exactly. Shit, yeah. I have a picture of a fern right here, and then my, oh my third God. one that I thought would be really funny that I know we won't do. But it'd be really funny is if you just took the exact same new moon tulip and then you I ran this picture through a filter that mirrors colorblindness. Green filter. So now it's just a colorblind <laughs> like now it's just what a colorblind person looks at when you look at new moon. No. Oh, it's really my God. great, actually. All right. Well, I think those are all great ideas. And if okay. we have any any um, listeners who are maybe more talented at Photoshop than <laughs> us, um, we would love to see some mock-ups of what you guys think the yeah. Euphoria and something cover should look like. We would yeah. love to see it. It just, I think it just has to feature some kind of plant matter, sad, and the color green. Green. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, I'm glad that we kind of stuck pretty close to the whole, like, let's put some green leaves on a fucking background. <laughs> I'm glad we had the same vague idea. Um, all right midnight so sun. <laughs> moving on to dark noon <laughs> i for dark noon i have three kind of jokey ones and then one that i'm like more serious about that i think could uh-huh. actually fit pretty well okay. so for the first one is just a picture of because i was like okay 
Midnight Sun, we've got the pomegranate. We've got the busted looking pomegranate. Yep. That's just weeping we sure and you wouldn't Goes buy with our perception illusion. It's yeah. also a forbidden fruit. It's also red. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, Dark Noon, what what would I put? And then I was like, well, maybe we'll stick with like the food theme. And then I was mm. like, okay. Um, so I put up a picture of uh, a head of cabbage where it's just a little bit, a little bit gone bad. <laughs> it's gone bad just a little bit on the outside where you're like, ah, maybe I could eat it if I peeled off some layers. So that's an idea. Um, but then it was like, no, 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 no vegetables. Stay with fruit. Let's stick with fruit. And then I was uh-huh. like, well, what kind of fruit could we put on dark noon? Now that I have that's the, the word for it, fruit. I can't stop thinking about it. Dark so noon. I was like, what about an, oh, so this is uh, the other picture I'm looking at right now is a black background with an overripe banana on top of it. No. But then I was like, well, I can't do that because the color just doesn't work. It's just a phallic imagery to go with the, the pussy pomegranate. <laughs> That would be better for Eclipse. So I was like, no, we'll skip that. Mm. The third one is just a picture of a broken Nokia phone. Then I don't need to say anything else about that. And then the fourth one. It's good, but it's too literal. I know. This is the one that's kind of semi-serious, but it's also, now that I'm looking at this picture, I'm like, this just looks dumb. Black background. Little red vial of poison. Oh. I know! A little red vial of poison on a black background. It actually looks kind of cool, but also they That's have... kind of cool. The skull and crossbones is very, like, they just put an emoji over top of this. Mm, I love the idea of a red vial of poison. I that know. would That would kind of still be Snow White core, like the apples, you know? <gasps> I didn't even um, think about that. Interesting you should mention that. My Mine were all serious, and I was I was th- still thinking along the lines of the, the winter botanical theme. I was like frozen Ooh. pomegranate, like a pomegranate encrusted with icicles would be stupid. Um, I was just thinking about like wintry desolation, like some, like a frosted autumn leaf, you know, that's like Ooh. still red, a leafless frozen branch with icicles. So I feel like we fun. could maybe combine those. I don't know. Frozen poison? <laughs> frozen poison. Jeez, that shit on ice. You never know. Well, it could, it could be like little red violet poison with like maybe a frost motif. Oh, like, yeah. For the, for the Wow, that's actually really good. I like that. I'm, I'm, maybe yeah, we're good I think at that this. would, that would sell so well. Like that'd be so oh marketable. God. Dude, I know. The girlies um, would eat the that shit up. The girlies would eat it up. I'm so happy about that. Wow. I think we did so good for Dark Noon. For Dark Noon? Dark Noon is going to be so good. But now now we have to move on to the, the more complicated matters. And I feel like you're going to have more to say than I do about this, which is like any type of like epigraph for it. Epigraphs, but right. Now, <laughs> my, mine are jokey. So I don't know if you want me to put okay, you, mine first. You go first. Go first. Go first. Okay. So, um... I only have one quote to propose, and it's technically a couple quotes thrown for together. Which book? But for this is for um, um, Euphoria and something, mm-hmm. and so for Euphoria and something, we all know Bo isn't like a classical romance lit dude or whatever. But we, what we know about Bo, this this bitch loves Animal Planet. So I think, <laughs> like as an animal lover, I think this quote would be perfect. And this is just a few quotes together. Cows watch sunsets, man. Cows have best <laughs> friends and complex social relationships. Cows oh exhibit God. morning behavior for other cows, which we all know clearly without needing to know is that it's from the hit book Note of the Night from Tamsin Muir. That's so that's so, so self-indulgent of us, of you. But <laughs> <laughs> it's you and me indulgent of you. So I I put, as usual, way too much, way too much thought into this. Good, because I didn't. 
the first, the book that kept popping into my mind was one I had seen someone use in like a mood board, like Tumblr mood board edit for Bo. Um, and I had seen this edit so many times that I, my brain had been like, naturally, Clearly, that book is mentioned it? in Life and Death. Clearly it's yeah. canon. Um, it's not. And the book in question it's is canon. The Count of Monte Cristo, which oh. is... It's a classic novel, but it's like like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Bo's actual fave. It's kind of a less girl-coded story. Like, it's got romance Love in it, it, but it's really a revenge story with a lot of adventure. Mm. It's by Alexandre Dumas, who also read The Three Musketeers, which I think Bo would totally vibe with. Okay. Um, all the kind of swashbucklingness of it. And The Count of Monte Cristo, it's a long-ass book, and it's so quotable. It's got so many good-ass quotes. I went through a big Count of Monte Cristo phase when I was 18, so maybe I'm projecting onto Bo. But I feel like the the um, quote for Euphoria and something could easily be... <laughs> I can't stop laughing every time I say that. Um, could easily come from this book. And I had two. One of them is a life and death title drop, uh, Ooh, kind of. I and it's like kind of cool. Okay. And it goes... Only a man who has felt ultimate despair is capable of feeling ultimate bliss. It is necessary to have wished for death in order to know how good it is to live. Oh, I so, love that. A little kinda, on the nose, but it's that's a, it's that's a, a sexy job. quote. That's a good quote. And then the other one I had down, it goes, Life is a storm, my young friend. You will bask in the sunlight one moment, be shattered on the rocks the next. Shattered on the rocks. Yeah, I feel like Damn. that's a very, like, new moon vibe. Yeah. Oh, I like them both, though. Yeah, so I was, like, I really actually like thinking that through. <laughs> I like those. Damn, that was There good. were so many other good ones, too, because there's just, the themes of Count of Monte Cristo are, like, we've got grief, we've got love triangles, we've got betrayal, we've got despair, we've got, I mean, there's, I feel like Bo would really identify with Edmond Dantes, the hero of that story. Good for him. Not necessarily because he's driven by revenge, but because he's a sad boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of sad boys, though. Sad boys, dark noon. <laughs> dark noon. But, this, like, I didn't have any listed, like, I'm sure you do. But um, I feel like for a, an epigraph, I feel like it would, it, my brain was like, maybe something pretentious from like House of Leaves or like another book from an author where you can just tell he has oh, problems with women. I don't, was that out yet? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, if I don't know. Oh, and I think actually, I actually think it was. Hold on. I need to look it up now. I'm pretty sure it came out like 2002. <laughs> yeah, I can't really picture Stephanie Meyer reading House he of would Leaves. Be like, yes. I'll say that. <laughs> Honestly, then good for her. Yeah, 2000. But um, I don't know. I feel like it would be something more depressing like just yes. utterly like filthy levels of well, like you need the therapist that we're offering <laughs> you in this podcast i i pulled two silly ones but um i would love to hear them i also i just now thought of a better idea for like a serious Ooh. one so i'll okay. do serious first okay, okay um i feel like a serious quote for this would probably come from byron's manfred which is oh god there's a word for this it's not a full play he didn't write it to actually be performed but it's like a mini play it's like a closet novel that's not the right word it's not the right <laughs> word. i'll put it in the show notes i'll okay. put it in the show notes but lord byron notorious emo edgelord boys so emo and edgelord that byronic heroes like edward are named after him yeah. um wrote this book about this immortal character who really wishes he were dead because his love is dead Ooh, and i just that's all, the so edward perfect. vibes 
are off the chain. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely, I'm going to like go through that and pull some quotes, maybe throw them up in a poll. Okay. But the two silly ones I pulled are from Richard III, Shakespeare's Richard III. First of all, I was like, this one would be really funny because it has fuck all to do with the themes of dark noon. Dark um, noon. In context. But keeping with my, in keeping with my winter theme, my Persephone's gone, it's winter theme. Um, now is the winter of our discontent. <laughs> Which is just like the most known boring so over dramatic. When I tell you, I I'm pretty sure I read that in something recently, like in the past. Oh yeah, 48 we had hours. to memorize that speech. In the past in high 48 school. hours, I think I read that, and I remember being like, "Oh, I didn't know that was from this." It's very overquoted. Um, no. Good speech though, but the context of the speech has absolutely nothing to do with like dumping your girlfriend. <laughs> so like I thought that was really funny. And then the other quote from Richard the Third that I think Edward would identify with is Anne talking to Richard and she's rejecting him. And she says, mm. and thou unfit for any place but hell. That's so good. <laughs> I those are baller. I like the first one a little bit better. The second one's funnier though. I feel like he would identify with that. See quote. you in I, hell I boy. He'd be like, I am Richard III. I am evil. I am terrible. I am a monster. That's um, so good. So I could see him using either of those quotes. I don't know. We'll, we'll once again, we'll give our audience some options of yeah. what you think the epigraph for Dark Noon should be. Yeah. All right, New Moon lovers. So when you open that book, there is a very small, it's a very small preface. There's not a, a lot yes. of text, but it really paints a scary There wasn't stage. a lot of text in the Twilight preface either. So it, it's kind of like keeps with the format, you know? And it really just is like, here's a preview of the most intense scene that now you can't get to yes. until you get through all of this now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like Twilight's tantalizing glimpse of the climax. Exactly. So I love the quote in it, though, where it says, Alice had said there was a good chance we would both die here. I'm like, oh, the drama. That's, mm. Yeah, I was going to say, points for mm. the mention of Alice and, mm. you know, the stakes that we established in just that little sentence. Yeah, so, and for those of you who haven't read the the preface or you don't have it in front of you, it's basically a very exciting, nightmare-esque scenario where Bella's running through She's running. Crowd. She's, She's running through a crowd somewhere. Oh no, TikTok things are happening. And then we get a mention of extraordinarily dangerous enemies. Just a little, again, a little bit of foreshadowing for us. No, it's exciting. I read this and I was like, damn, now I want to keep reading. (laughs) Well, I will say it's it's Mm. not nearly as iconic as Twilight's prologue. Uh, in part because I, I don't think it was, it made it into the movie. At least the, the words didn't. We didn't get that cool voiceover. But I, I had to point out, it's kind of funny to me that the climaxes of both Twilight and New Moon involve Bella having to run a long distance to save a loved one. Oh, this poor girl. And she has doesn't even play sports. <laughs> she's got dyspraxia. She's, she's and Stephanie keeps making her run. That's so funny. My up. my observation was I feel like after the first time she should have maybe worked on her running skills, you know, Do like some cardio. Like a me once situation. She's had a whole year to prepare for this. Anyway, that's our that's our first glimpse of the yeah. action of New Moon is this this mysterious running scene with that's high stakes. Very exciting. Um, and yeah, that about wraps up our our sort of pre-book talk, our sort of episode 0 talk. Pre- pre-episode for our new moon era (laughs) yeah um so we're gonna we're gonna call nicole and you guys are gonna get to meet her yay let's go 
So we have Nicole with us here to help us tra- tackle chapter one of New Moon. And Shannon, I, I believe you guys have a history. New Moon, new book, new us. This is so exciting. So like so many people that you guys have met before, I know Nicole through Emo Night. Um, we became acquainted over the Discord. And Nicole, what's really funny is that I went back into Discord to try to figure out when our first online interaction was. Oh, and gosh. I need you to know that our first interaction which was your first impression of me and potentially mine of you was when Sam somehow got the discord to start talking about twilight and I got tagged into it. And I was, I don't, I was talking about some fucking nonsense, (laughs) but, um, I don't remember when we first actually met because as everybody knows, I'm a little drunky, drunky girl that shows up to emo night, but (laughs) I did look through photos and I don't know. I think the first time we actually like hung out was, um, bowling hashtag girls who bowl. I think so. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, so no. I think when Emo Night came back, you came up to me and was like, ah, but I also, but, but the, here's the thing. I did not learn everyone's names oh, in the of course Discord not. No. until like maybe last week. Um, I've been in it for like two years at this yeah, it's, point. It's been years, guys. But Folks I remember two girls coming up to me i was pretty drunk and they're like oh my god nicole and i'm like oh my god you you You. exactly and so i'm gonna say it was you so that's when we met okay came back beautiful (laughs) but hanging out was bowling when i wiki how wiki how to bowl even though i only know nicole through emo night i do know nicole has a history in fandom now, hmm. Nicole, do you mind giving us a little a little summary of your fandom history? What got you into fandoms? What fandoms have you been in? Just the works, whatever you're Trip comfortable with sharing. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, literally, I I was on Tumblr yep. when Tumblr had like Tumblrity. Oh um, my god! Like, like I kind of miss it. Me too. It would have been cutthroat uh, I, this day and age. God. Well, ex- explain <laughs> I, it I for like, the listeners who won't, who won't know what that is. Oh. Tumblrity is like it was like a ranking system that Tumblr had. Mm. So if your post gets like if your posts get likes, reblogs, interactions, they get it, it, your Tumblrity number rises. There were different oh, categories that I remember when I joined. It's like a Black Mirror episode. That, like yeah, the leaderboard, the Tumblrity, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah, like you got two reblogs on something. Your Tumblrity's you going up. <laughs> up yeah like and it was like a little like chart too that you could see when i had when i logged on with it Mm -hmm. and so like you would see like the spikes in the you're like tumblarity and then you're not on for like a few hours and it goes down like damn i guess you don't want a following (laughs) and that's where my social media like addiction came from i'm like i need to get that well that bit of dopamine they said no 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 it's a leaderboard fight for your life so, <laughs> oh god, I started my fandom in the Jonas Brothers fandom. Really? Or, like, yes, fandom. Jonas Brothers. I would like write self-insert fanfiction with me and Joe and my friends with everyone else. <laughs> Joe, like Joe was your you were a Joe girl. My okay, so I I, I also I just made a was great on. Face for those yeah. of you I was also on Twitter, like RIP Twitter, I guess. Rest in peace, um, Twitter. When Twitter first started too, and my Twitter URL or handle or whatever, whatever yeah. was capital X 
lowercase x. I am Joe's ho, lowercase oh my x, God. capital X. But like, I was also like, Elon would love in, that name. He would. I know. I was in middle school. I should not have been calling no, myself that. That's exactly uh-huh. when it happens. That's um, it <laughs> kind of so, iconic. Yeah. That's where I started, and then. I blacked out for a few years. Sure. I don't know what I was As doing do. in the me- meantime. And then one day I'm watching like Vampire Diaries. Mm. Love Vampire Diaries. And then after Vampire Diaries was this show, Supernatural. I'm one of those girlies. Oh, I, amazing. I, yeah. To backtrack a little bit. So I, I had a, I had a big following and then that Tumblr turned into supernatural which mm-hmm. then turned into doctor who oh, which yeah. then turned into Sherlock. oh my god super who lock up in the house today i was a super who lock girly um for anyone confused that was in fact the trifecta that nicole just described there was like sort of a mega fandom combination of supernatural sherlock doctor who for years i never knew why it was all three though that's a great question um, i think because there was just a lot of audience overlap like it was like if you I like guess dudes. And I thought they were similar until I was like, none of these are the same. I don't it's, understand. It's just because lots of white dudes, you know, if you want to yeah. ship white dudes with each other. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I was really into that. Okay. I've made a viral post on Tumblr that mm. got like 83,000 notes. What? That, that if I ever become famous, I have a friend who's going to blackmail me with it. Mm. What's um, it about? Well, I know. Now we have to know. Yeah. I was, I, I read some fan fiction. I didn't write it, but I read oh, yeah. um, my favorite fanfic. ship of all time, Destiel, I know, I know, Dean Cast, Dean Winchester, Castiel, the mm-hmm. angel. Love that. And I don't even know why I brought this up. <laughs> no, um, this is perfect. This is your history, girl. Yeah, well, now you have to so, share the class. I was in high school. Let's just preface this. I was like a freshman, and I was into fandom. I was like super hulag into fandom. I watched Lilo and Stitch. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And there's a quote. There's like a scene in the movie where Lila was really sad and she's praying and she's like, please send me an angel, the like nicest <laughs> angel, you know, and then no. cut to a stitch like falling right. from space. I've seen this post. And- I need you to know that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm no, not kidding. Sorry. I haven't, but I know how it ends. I know this post. With, I legally acquired on the internet Photoshop, also legally acquired Lilo and Stitch, <laughs> and I taught myself Just... how to make a gif gif. Yeah. A gif gif. I taught myself how to make It's one. well done, actually. It's very I well done. I appreciate that. And I photoshopped or at least added their faces. Lilo had Dean Winchester's. Nani had Sam Winchester, his brother. And Castiel had Stitch's face. Of course. Like, the nicest angel you, know, you have. Like, Those two guys, Stitch and Castiel, the first ones that yeah, combined. Yeah, and um, it went around Tumblr. Sure did. My ass saw it so many times back in the day. Are you kidding me? Crying. I saw that shit constantly. <laughs> Nicole. Yeah, so that was my uh, <gasps> Tumblr claim to fame. I love that. The I effervescent have a... snail of the supernatural. Fandom. I know, really. No, that's so true. My friend, she she met me through that post, and she lives in New Zealand, Aww. and she will always be like, "Hey, you know what I just thought of?" And I was like, "Literally, <laughs> eat rocks! Like, please go." <laughs> I love that. I 
and here we are dredging it up. I, know. I actually got like anonymous hate on Tumblr about it. They're like, <laughs> you stole these from Disney blogs. I was like, no, listen. Oh my God. <laughs> you like, you don't need name. to know the effort I went through to make this no, shit for you. straight up. So I ended my days in the Super Hulak fandom. And then I entered entered into Hannibal. Oh, um, like, spicy. Big, big Hannibal girly to the point where, like, I'm friends with the producer on Facebook. And Fucking he gave hilarious. Me, like, like, these gifts. I went to all the <laughs> Comic-Con. What? I, I, in my car, I have this very expensive Hannibal Lecter doll that's, like, going for a lot of money on the internet. Damn. Um I love I I went to the every single Comic Con. I have wow. exclusive signings. Like when I'm in it, you're I'm in, it. in it. Yeah. So I that's love that my, for you. My life. <laughs> I love it. Fame. What a roller coaster, dude. That's for so real. funny. See, I love hearing people's fandom histories that I know through non fandom means because a lot of my friends I know through fandom and through the internet and stuff like that. But a lot of them, like people from Emo Night, I'm like, you're just regular schmegular regular people. And then I talk to them, I'm like, no, you're just like me, baby. You're just like me. <laughs> We're all cut from the same cloth. You can't escape those fandom days when I'm around. Hell yeah. And um, Nicole, when were you first exposed to Twilight? I love this. Um, My grandma was reading the Twilight books. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Queen. I love her. Um, She was reading the Twilight books, and she was on the last one. And I was... I don't know. I was maybe 11. Yeah. I'm a baby. I'm 26. So I was technically like 11, I guess. And I was like, I want to read this, Grandma. And she was like, no. And it's like, por qué? Why? Yeah. And she's like, this is the last one. Here, take the first one. Yeah. Here you go. And then coincidentally, the movie was just coming out or something like that. Oh, yeah. Good timing. And so I binge read the the, the books, like in my little classes. Yeah. Like, Valid. Like reading time, and then I was like, "Grandma, we need to go see these movies." Yeah, and she was like, "Say less," because she also That's so loved cute. it. <laughs> so That's really Aww. sweet. Yeah, I love that Twilight was like a cutesy little multi-generational thing for you. bonding. Yeah. I know for real. How weird that this chapter features Bella's grandma. <gasps> like, shut oh, up. Oh wait, that's Topical. right. Wait, that is weird. Wow, of the day. Who could have guessed that? That's fucking nuts. Actually, wow. Well, damn. But before we get into any of the actual discussion of the book, we've got some pre-book talk to engage in real quick. Some. I guess, I guess life updates because it's been a few months since we've recorded. Gee, you and I are going on a, um, a girl's trip in a few weeks. The annual girl's trip. Yeah. We, we talked about it last year too. It's can- it's cannibalism themed this year. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> cannibalism the themed. Fans. Uh, by yeah. the time y'all listen to this, we will have already gone on it, but we're going to Donner Lake just for cannibalism purposes. So that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't even told you this yet, G, but Recently, in the past two days, I've decided to finally start doing my um, first day, second day of asking Stephanie Meyer to give me the Collins birthdays on TikTok. And I need you to know (laughs) that within two hours yesterday, the the first video had like 700 views. Incredible. And people in the comments were like, I'm just liking this so I can be on Twilight TikTok now. And I wanted to explain to them, you're not on it yet because neither am I. But I mean, I guess this is a step in the right direction. Sure. But we are recording right now in the beginning of August. Of course, you guys will be hearing this episode in September. But yeah, we are in the midst of summer. I am in the midst of a break between summer and fall courses. And we are having a a silly time. 
mm-hmm. getting everything ready for this upcoming new moon season. So I hope you guys are ready for this, this silliness. Oh, and I did actually have written down. There were two things that I, I wanted to talk about that don't really have to do with the book, but are Twilight adjacent. Um, one is Nikki Reed just had another baby. Good for her. Congrats. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and and Olivia Rodrigo Queen is doing is doing such good work keeping vampires alive in the mainstream and bringing Twilight up. So Olivia, congratulations! I'm I'm so glad that you have the the Gen Zs saying Twilight rights. Yeah, saying Twilight rights because it's it's we need the youth. We need the youth on our side. Come on, kids. <laughs> Let's uh, fucking my go. brother has a Twilight shirt now. He doesn't know about this podcast. He doesn't know I'm involved that in shit. So but he funny. literally walked in wearing a big ass Edward embellisher. I think our sister got it for him the other day. And he's very fashion conscious. So I love that. Okay. This is so exciting for me to ask that um gee, do you have a timeline check-in for us? Oh boy. Not only do I have a timeline check-in, I have a timeline rant. <laughs> Um, oh fun because trying to piece together the timeline of new moon is like having to become an archaeologist and like go diving through all these ancient like um digging internet archive like yeah like sources way back (laughs) machine um so there's the problem with new moon's timeline is that it's impossible um stephanie managed to write the (laughs) story in such a way that it couldn't exist but by by which I mean, she'll tell us what day it is, and she'll be like, "Oh, it was Tuesday the first, two thousand five, when like the twenty first of March two thousand five okay. was actually a Saturday." Um, so it's very very difficult to piece together the timeline. The folks at Twilight Lexicon have done their best, um, and yeah. so have uh, Real Time Twilight on Tumblr. So I was kind of cobbling together these two sources and like doing a timeline synthesis but there are also times where like bella will say something really vague where she'll be like the next wednesday and it's a sunday so it's like do you mean three days from now or a full week like next oh my god yeah so there sometimes the (laughs) two timelines had different answers sometimes i disagreed with the answers so i just kind of did my best and if you find an inaccuracy no you didn't no, you uh, eventually we do catch back up and the timeline starts to make sense again, I think around February or March or something. Um, but yeah, God. it's it's a hot mess. And that's why. Hot mess express. Um, but for the purposes of this episode, luckily, it's very simple. Our timeline check in is that it's today. It's September 13th, 2005. It's Bella's, Bella's birthday. birthday. Woo-hoo! Happy birthday, Bella girl. Oh. Both when this episode airs and in the book. So we yeah, timed that really well. Bur- um, Bella's birthday present. She doesn't want anything. So you guys get a gift in her stead. <laughs> exactly. Two gifts. Um, so so <laughs> yeah, I also had forgotten that September 13th is the anniversary of when I went to the book signing oh, you and met purchased Stephanie the Maya. day after I read Twilight. Yeah. And that, <sighs> that is, right. um, Oh my God, that was 2007. So 16 years ago. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are we old? <laughs> We're so old. That's um, actually really funny. 16 years ago, Aww. I went to the Borders in Fairfax. And Borders does not exist anymore. So that really dates it. R.I.P. September 13th. 2005, extremely fateful day for me and Bella. Bella is such a Virgo. (laughs) Such a Virgo. Good for her, though, honestly. Alrighty, so like every other episode, we are going to do 30-second summaries before we really get into book talk. And um, if you're a little bit confused as to what me and G are summarizing, don't worry. It'll all make sense 
once we start talking. Um, but before we get into it, Nicole, do you happen to have 30 or so seconds to summarize chapter one of New Moon, which is titled Party? Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely have some thoughts, some summaries. So whenever you're ready, you just start talking. Okay. So Bella's birthday, she needs therapy. That's <laughs> it. Done. <laughs> that's all. That's all Laconic. the summary you need. It. So really she also is. might die. Maybe. maybe. She also <laughs> might die. Maybe. Who knows? It's very that's... neat to die on your birthday because you're exactly an age. Super like, dramatic. Oh, that is so true for the drama. And Bella claims she doesn't like to do things for the drama, but girl, the evidence claims otherwise. Mm-hmm. Come on. This chapter. Mm, I know. Specifically, oh, no, right. Yeah. All of my notes has just been seek therapy. Get therapy. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Get help. <laughs> oh boy. And, and we're only on chapter one and it's new moon. I know. <laughs> well, even in the, the preface, preface, preface? Preface. Yeah. My the first page, like a few lines down, I have an arrow that just says, Girl, seek therapy. So seek we're it. starting the book strong with that starting off on the the right foot on our our 18th birthday here <laughs> wait what if we were like and this episode is sponsored by <laughs> better help better help pay us are you fucking Please. sad us too so is bella <laughs> yeah let's chat about it that would oh be man such a great sponsor that is so fun so now we all know life and death um shannon was feminist of the week this week shannon is going to give us an imaginary, a 30-second summary of our imaginary chapter of our working title, Euphoria and Something, Life and Death Sequel. Euphoria and some other words. Starring Euphoria a still human Boswan. Um, and I'm I'm going to assume, based on the past track record, that the, t- the chapter title would still be called Party. Because yes. in the case of um, Twilight and New Moon, the chapter titles are almost identical except for Carlisle Kareen. Um, in the case of Twilight and Midnight Sun, the chapter titles are different 25% of the time, I calculated, yeah. roughly. So that's where we have a little leeway. But for now, okay. chapter one, party. All right. Well, <clears throat> let me get ready because I, I had to practice this because it's so long. <sighs> All right. What do you mean Bo became a vampire and life and death ended differently? No, it didn't. Right now, he's unfortunately able to relate to the trash song 17 Forever by Metro Station because he, too, is tra- constantly trying to fuck this 17-year-old girl. Fuck you, Trey Cyrus. Anyways, not like other boys. Bo doesn't want to be 18, doesn't want a birthday party, and super doesn't want to hear about his vampire girlfriend, Edith, wishes, and how she wishes she could kill herself. Too bad, so sad, Bo. Welcome to the real start of book two, where we finally give you a real reason for being scared shitless of Justin and all the foreshadowing in this chapter will surely come back to bite you in the ass. One thing you wish one of these vampires would do already. Hold on tight, King. Things are about to get worse. Oh my Damn. god, pretty good. 27 and a half seconds. I'm impressed. Yeah. So in this in this world, Bo would be um older. Yeah, than, he would um, be older than Edith. Edith. Yeah, as opposed put to a pin Bella in that. having her fit about being older than Edward. But yeah, we'll put a pin in that and talk about that in a minute. Before we talk about that, G. Yes. What is it that we decided? I can never I can't remember this, Dark even though noon. we just decided it. Dark, Dark noon. noon. <laughs> Nicole, do you like our alternate titles? <laughs> You know what? I love them. I think I think they they have great potential of being great. Yeah, no, you're right. That's what we like to hear. For Dark Moon, for New Moon, for Edward's version of New Moon, which we've called Dark Moon. um, Dark Noon. Dark Noon. This is gonna be so hard. (laughs) 
Mace beat you up to Just the to really confuse everyone. Dark noon move. To really fuck me over. Um, G is going to give us 30 seconds of what could potentially be going on in Edward's universe. All right, whenever you're ready. I'll try to keep it 30 seconds. I practiced. It could be 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, whenever you're ready. All right, so chapter one, party. It's time to find out just how much Edward Cullen has in common with Leonardo DiCaprio as this centenarian celebrates his girlfriend becoming legal. <laughs> After Edward tells us how much Mike Newton reeks of hair gel and plots to murder Bella's truck, it's time for movie night and a flashback trip down memory lane. I mean, suicide lane. And who needs Coke and popcorn when you've got delicious, slurpable tears? Next, we head over to the Cullen house so Edward can neg his family and overexplain why he simply had to eat Bella through a table like he was playing human cornhole. With Bella leaking like a punctured Capri Sun, could this be the return of Edward's monster? I have no fucking clue. This chapter ends on a cliffhanger. Not human cornhole. Leave, put Bella back on the floor. Put her back on the floor. I, I am shook. Oh, that was thank so you. good. That you was thank you so no cheap from my you. imagination. That was incredible. That snaps, was so good. Claps, snaps, claps, all canonical applause. things that happen in dark noon. In dark noon. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But we can't get to dark noon yet. We can't get to Euphoria something or whatever. We gotta we gotta go back and we still gotta start where it all began, which is New Moon Chapter One Party. So, oh my goodness. I forgot we start on a dream sequence. Now, Nicole, do you have any thoughts about the dream sequence? Uh, Okay. (laughs) So Ah, it kills me. I have so many thoughts. No, sure. So it's she's, you know, dreaming about her gran and she used the and I quote, like a dried apricot, yes. but with a puff of thick white hair standing out in a cloud around it. That's yeah. how she, that's what she said to describe her grandmother. These adjectives savage yeah the skin was yeah, soft and, and withered straight up straight up was like i know what an apricot looks like but i'm gonna google what like a dried one <laughs> it's not cute man's hungry i was sitting there i was sitting there on my couch like googling dried apricot and i was like she did grand so dirty with oh, that. Right? Poor grandma marie Poor so dirty this is what i've always been saying bella is a hag bella is crone core <laughs> grandma marie who she's named after Oh, that's right. Bella Marie. Isabella Marie. I forgot. I personally liked the way the exposition is worked into this dream so fast. Um, Oh, yeah. They don't waste any time. The recap of the previous book. We learn Edward is a vampire. And then in the same sentence, we learn Edward is a glittery vampire. I love the quote. Well, Gran, you might have noticed that my boyfriend glitters. It's just something that he does (laughs) in the sun. Don't worry about it. Bella's kind of funny in this chapter. She is. Dream Bell is funny. Just the entire dream sequence. It's just, it's just so, she needs therapy. This dream sequence. This is anxiety. It's a, this is an anxiety, anxiety dream. Also, I love how this entire chapter is just like foreshadowing 101. Like it is just like, <laughs> yeah. if you want to know what foreshadowing yeah. is, here, let me just show you <laughs> this chapter. It truly is. We, we've got our, our exposition, our recaps, our foreshadowing. This chapter's doing a lot. This is um, um, a scene that they kept in the movie, though, which I think She doesn't did look really like well. a dried apricot. <laughs> <laughs> poor Grant. This poor actress. Um, this, I like that Edward doesn't show up in the mirror in this dream sequence. I like that he's more vampire-y than he is in, quote-unquote, real life in the book. Um, I think that's a fun detail. And I also... I have to hand it to Shannon for putting Metro Station in her summary because the the phrase "Forever Seventeen is in this in, in this dream sequence. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, damn, we were almost a Metro Station song. Is that for the Dancing we're, Queen? You don't want to be that song. You want to, don't be that <laughs> song. Queen. Please don't. Don't be that song. Be any <laughs> other song. <laughs> um, but I also, oh. I pointed. I have to point out, we have to drink for Edward in the dream being described as having an angel's face. That is a new drinking game rule that we put in our special episode. Um, anytime a vampire character is compared to an angel, say less. <laughs> I would like to point out yeah. while I'm looking at my book, yes. I wrote next to the quote that says um, Forever 17, I put Alexa, play 17 Forever by Metro Station. There we go. That was my note. See, we so, were all on the same wavelength there. All three of us. The, the twist for anyone who hasn't read this chapter is that it's not her grandmother, it's herself in the mirror. And but Edward is still old. young and beautiful, and she's the withered apricot. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. It says the dawn of Bella's 18th birthday party, everyone. And she's having a fit about it. And I enjoyed the dramatics about it. Because when I turned 18, so I, I swear to God, I was probably having a fit so much worse than this. I was like, That's nobody funny. get me anything. Nobody look at me. Everybody, get out. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Oh, well, my I mean, God. God. so I appreciate. I, it. I can understand. I think in the context of Edward being seventeen forever, like yes, that is that is the one time yeah, you worry about age. If you're you're trying to date a seventeen year old forever, um, yeah, that might be valid. I know she would. She, she should be getting nervous <laughs> as she gets older. But like, also, we have to admit, Stephanie Meyer has a thing with aging. Uh, none of her female vampire characters are like older than. 28 or something or something yeah they're they're all absurdly young and so like if you didn't have anxiety about aging before this chapter gave it to you when you read it as like a 12 year old (laughs) yeah she just gave everyone like some complex yeah this is the mental illness book Uh, yeah there's a line where she says i could feel it i was older and i just wrote lol (laughs) (laughs) no but she gets to think back as she's thinking about her birthday she gets to think back on the beautiful wonderful summer that she's had mm-hmm, she's had the perfect no she's had the most wonderfulest perfect happiest summer that anybody in the history forever yeah, ever she had. says that she's and like, she makes best, sure to tell us best ever because nobody else has an edward yeah so we should all be jealous we should all start feeling real bad about that i um, i like that she has yet another scene of looking in the mirror and describing herself and she, she's like trying to do black it in a out. negative way but she's accidentally doing it in extremely braggy, like backdoor braggy way. She's like, "Ugh, my ivory skin. Ugh, my anxious brown eyes." It's just like, okay, we get it. We get it. <laughs> Not she doesn't know she's beautiful. We get it. You're pale. <laughs> we get it. Oh my but god. But imagine looking in the, in the mirror and being like, "Ugh, my ivory skin." <laughs> <laughs> so specific. Oh my god. Um, let's see here. Oh, she fakes being happy to Charlie, which is sad because Charlie's just excited that she's with him. Been yeah. there, Team Charlie. I know. <laughs> for real, Charlie. She's so real for that. <laughs> you said no. I relate. <laughs> I love the line where she says, or I guess she thinks, "I'd told Alice I didn't want anything, anything, not gifts or even attention for my birthday." Obviously, my wishes were being ignored, and I wrote, "Too bad, get loved, idiot." Get loved, idiot. Get loved, idiot. I wrote, fuck, sorry people care about you. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. I understand. I'm sorry that, like, Renee is a bad gift giver, but this is Alice. She's psychic and rich. Like, she's psychic and she's rich. Gives her her love language. Yes. Gives her her love language. She wants more than anything to live vicariously through you. She just wants you for a sugar baby. (laughs) No, right? She forcibly sugar babying Bella. God, I wish. I want an Alice. Let her sugar mama you. Right? 
truly like and also like read some Marie Kondo the purpose of a gift is to be given Bella get over yourself why does Edward trace her lips with his finger I thought that was did anybody else see that he just and he's like talking to her walks up (laughs) I just I like as a young young child I was like this is great yeah oh my god this is like sexy rereading it I'm like this is insane. This man is a psychopath. Well, not only is he tracing her lips with a finger, it's a cold finger. And that is my new drinking game rule for this chapter. Because no. there are no. a total of seven coldness mentions. Eight, if you count the one about Alice. Edward has icy lips. He's very cold. Cool fingertip. One cool finger. Icy lips again. Cold, smooth <laughs> mouth. Chest hard, cold, and perfect as an ice sculpture. Like, it just goes on and on. She cannot go 10 seconds without telling us how goddamn cold this man's popsicle dick is. She she talks about how cold he is a lot. But this is where I, this particular chapter where she is describing him, his liquid topaz eyes. Drink for the liquid topaz eyes. God damn it. So... Have you guys looked up liquid topaz eyes? Do I want to? No! What do you mean? Like, have we Googled the phrase? Girl, okay, no. Listen, hold on. Cracking my fingertips right now. There is a <laughs> there's a live journal that's twilight-sucks.livejournal.com. Okay. And it is someone going on a rant about, about how they feel about that specific like, liquid and topaz as a young eyes? child i was like i don't know what liquid topaz eyes and i never thought about like looking past it so now rereading it i'm like oh i remember i don't like that <laughs> so i looked it up and this person is <laughs> they're referencing it but also comparing it to a pokemon fan fiction i'm looking that they at this right now and dying yeah so she, the person in this live journal post from um, 2011 11. Yeah. posted um, oh my God. a note to Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> this is so funny. Note to Stephanie Meyer. If you really want to use the word topaz to compare Eddiekin's eyes, <laughs> perhaps this quote from a parentheses, hypothetical Pokemon fanfiction can enlighten you. Quote, the person was like, so Stephanie Meyer, your description sucks, yeah. but what is better is my Pokemon hypothetical fanfiction. <laughs> hypothetical fanfiction. Um, I love whoever wrote this. So I then Thank Googled you. the that exact quote, hoping that it was a fanfiction. Did you find the fanfic? Oh damn it. Darn. No, I did. I was hoping. I was so hoping because I would read it. Yeah. Straight up I would read research. it. But this person research. goes in hard so about how they them. do not like they're talking about how they're dabble in geolo- geology <laughs> when they go to science museums so they know what to do they know what topaz is <laughs> yeah it's a great read um but to go back i hate the line liquid topaz eyes and i'm very much glad that i'm not alone yeah. and if it is some person in 2011 from a pokemon fan fiction yeah i like to feel seen yeah. Seen her believe. Yeah, have it. Has anyone tried poking Edward in the liquid topaz eye? Does he just have rock Ew. hard corneas? No, I'm assuming his eyes are. Hard I feel as like shit. it's just so rock hard. <laughs> so <cool. laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> uh, anyway, we we get not only liquid topaz eyes, but this chapter has two his golden eyes. Two does times. it? I keep missing these little details. Yeah, wow. so we gotta drink two more times. Golden, it's gonna pop. Yeah, up. drink for his golden eyes.com. Cheers. Oh Pour one out. <laughs> 
His liquid oh, topaz. Liquid topaz. Oh my gosh. I like when Alice is like, girly, don't you have like 11 more years before you should be upset? Like she's performing an anthropological well, study. I, I gotta read this exact quote because Bella's upset about being 18 and Alice says, Alice 18 so isn't confused. very old. Don't women usually wait till they're 29 to get upset over birthdays? And I just said, LOL, ask me again in December, Alice. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I love Uh, this Alice moment, though, because she's truly, like, describing facts she knows about birthdays as if she's, like, writing an encyclopedia for aliens. Yes! A birthday is the day when you become (laughs) one year older because the Earth has traveled around the sun. It's like, and then you realize, this has never had a birthday. She doesn't know when her birthday is, and neither does Shannon. Stop it! This is so horrible! Don't bring this up to me now! I'm gonna get mad again and upset! It makes all of Bella's behavior shittier. She answers that thing like an Alexa. She's like, (laughs) Birthday dictionary. Like, Alexa, how old should I be when I start, like, being crazy about my birthday? Mm. Actually, 29. <laughs> um, well, and I was, I have a question for Shannon, and maybe we can put a pin in this for um, Euphoria and something when we get to that section. <laughs> okay. Do you think that Archie said this same line to Bo? Do we think that Archie was like, you, <gasps> you you're going to start worrying about aging when you're 29? I, I, I sure don't, don't think so. I'm sure mm-hmm. he said something that was like, like, um, what what would be a manly equivalent of that? There isn't one because men are allowed to age. They are, are allowed to fucking, age, but I feel like they're like getting cast a, a, opposite these ten year old Hollywood actresses. Uh, not Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't. <laughs> you were such a bitch for that one. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna pause it right now. I'm gonna propose that this did not happen in Euphoria. And stuff. Uh, probably not. But what a time to remember that Stephanie Meyer was thirty when she wrote this. <laughs> That is, yeah, I also forget that she was quite young when she wrote this. And she um, was already like, I'm an old hag, you know? Oh my god. But Bella does get- Giving us complexes. Right? Right? Bella does get um, a great line that we kind of got through, like, Bo for the most part last season, which is, I couldn't really see Edward's point, to be honest, what was so great about mortality. And that was, like, a really heavy Bo sentiment yeah. for life and death. So to see Bella, like, think that is really funny. I, I, was, I was like, girl, we know- you're right. Like, being a vampire is awesome. Y'all are living she it up you have every day. Infinite time and money. Oh <laughs> my god! I had a note that says, "Hater Alice haters will say that she violates boundaries. Like it's a bad thing." <laughs> Alice lovers know that it's a great thing. <laughs> True. Um, but, you know, we have to talk about this Romeo and Juliet mention because it's the first of many. Really, the second if we count our epigraph that we had we discussed earlier. Um, but Bella is like, oh, I can't come over to my party that you're throwing for me on my birthday. My birthday with a birthday. You're going to give me a birthday present on my birthday? <laughs> She's like, and I my can't birthday come party. How dare because you I have to watch Romeo and Juliet for English class. She And then Alice is like, you have Romeo and Juliet memorized. And Bella's like, yeah, but I haven't seen the 1960s version. And it's like, girl, how do you have Romeo and Juliet memorized, but you have not seen the 1968 Franco Zeffirelli version? <laughs> That's the version. That's like yeah, the version they show you Yeah, Bella. Yeah, Bella. Also, like, yeah. it's not the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the yeah. one my Well, that's what I'm assuming. Really? I'm assuming that Bella has yes. only seen the Lerman DiCaprio version, which was less than 10 years old when this was that's written. That's fun. Um, speaking one. of which, we are likely watching it this weekend for Bella's Book Club. We're doing Woo-hoo! Romeo and Juliet movie night. Um, for details, see the Bella's Book Club Tumblr for date and time. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> anyway, as someone who also has Romeo and Juliet memorized, this smacks of plot hole to me 
she's definitely seen this already. I love every time they bring up Romeo and Juliet or Shakespeare or any type of, especially Shakespeare, because gee, you are the Shakespeare girly. So, which Thank is you. why yes, when I, I was writing, you guys, audience at home, I need you to know, I, I was writing a scene in a fic the other night and I like messaged her and I was like, hey, I need a random Shakespeare quote. And like, here's the context. Like, and she was like, okay, it could be a few things. Like instantly was like, oh, okay, this is easy. Which is so funny. I love it. I, you are just an encyclopedia know, of Shakespeare knowledge. God, I wish my that my vampire gift is memorizing large swaths of Shakespeare without trying. Like I, I should um, it just preface. Happens. I've never tried to memorize Romeo and Juliet. Like I was in it. I had some lines, but like the rest of it, I don't know. Just know it. That's amazing. <laughs> kind so, of jealous. But Bella's like, no, I can't because I have to watch this movie. And then after I have work, and Alice is like, LOL, no, you don't. I called them Yes. Up. She got her out Switched of work. Switched her shift. What? Uh, what, <laughs> what a friend. <laughs> I need, find me an Alice. Right, find me cover your shifts at work. Dude. Damn. She makes magic happen. I, I would be so happy to have a, Alice. A, an Alice birthday. Yes. Yo, right. And have her being like, hey, queen, I already have your shift covered. You're coming to party. Come through. All you got to bring is your busted ass car. <laughs> Not so the true. car. Leave the car alone. Oh, but you know what's fun? Alice mm-hmm. is the first person that gets to kiss Bella in this book. Oh, my God. Again. Wow. Yeah, she got to kiss Bella. for the- I was so what a legend. It made me happy. A queen. <laughs> um, and you know what? Guess what? Guess who? Guess who? Um, stumbles upon the scene soon that we love here at Three Books One Pot. Is it my boy? It's your boy, Mike Yay! Newton, baby. Not only is Mike here, but Bella tells us he's had a glow up over the summer. She's like, yeah. his face has gotten less babyish. He's looking good, and he's copying Edward's hair, his hairstyle, which is so silly. Edward's the trendsetter. Edward is the original e-boy, and everybody else said, we gotta get on that. His hair, whack. His clothes, whack. His clothes, whack. (laughs) whack. The way that he talks, whack. Mike, he's tight as fuck. I would like to point out, before, like, she starts talking about Mike, there's a quote um, where... Um, she says it was amazing the favors Edward could get the female yes! administrators to oh, do. Oh, I him. forgot I'm about like, that. Like, what do you mean? What is that? I know he's, I know he's like a hundred something, but also he is also technically a minor. Like, what are you doing, Edward? No. What is the legality? Edward is. What yeah. Doing? What What are the legalities here? <laughs> Don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and and my uh, little note I put is, girl, what? <laughs> girl, what? Yeah, no, that's what? right. Well, and like, she didn't even have to say, it's just the word female that's fucked up in this sentence. Like, you, you could say, like, administrators, <laughs> and it would kind of seem like, oh, he's a rich kid throwing his weight around, you know? But it's a female. But female administrators it's, is just It's his female. liquid topaz eyes. It is the liquid topaz eyes, you're right. <laughs> Oh my um, God. I like Bella boasting about how happy she is to be poor. It sounds like Reagan propaganda. <laughs> oh, you shut your mouth. It kind of does. Like, who wrote like, this fucking Yzma? Like, why, why is she so But, like, listen, I, I relate to Bella a little bit there because it's like, she's like, oh, I have nothing to give him and he's trying to give me all this stuff. I can't reciprocate that. And that's, like, a big source of anxiety for her. I get it. Not I to get steal it, some... Nicole's bit, but seek therapy. If that's how you no! feel in a relationship, uh, please. that you won't let your partner gonna... give you presents, seek therapy. Listen. I'm going to make a shirt in the Twilight font that just says, like, seek <gasps> therapy. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you should do I that should in the Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> because I need money. I'm, <laughs> I'm Bella. You are Bella. 
Oh, I mm. like that she has a job though, because that's something they didn't yes, put in the movie. And her job is it sounds kind of fun. She's selling bear spray with Mike. She's at the sporting goods store. Selling bear spray <laughs> with Mike. The perfect summer. Oh, I love um, Mike. Mike's parents sound like they're really chill bosses. Like they let her off the hook. They were like, happy birthday. You know, like that's so nice. Yeah. Dude, I love that she works. I love that she works with Mike. I love that Mike got her a job. Mike is just such a little doll baby. And even like Bella's narration and this is really kind to him she was mm-hmm. like yeah he is styling his hair like edwards but like mike after he got over whatever he's been super friendly and this and that um yeah, but we mike. have to talk about the lunch table situation Wait, before we even get there i have one comment oh. to make about bella refusing gifts from edward i yes. i understand her not wanting to like shower her in really expensive shit because like then you would kind of feel sex Weird. workery and if that's an issue for you ah! <laughs> I can understand if you didn't want your relationship to feel like transactional like that, but it is painful to read in 2023, you know? Like if if you had a man trying to buy you cars, like Edward's only good quality is his cool 46 billion and she's not even she's <laughs> not even taking advantage of it. His chill billions. I really appreciate oh um Good where point. it's talking about how Alice has the uncanny ability to predict trends in the, the stock, stock market. Mm-hmm. I just can imagine just like Wolf of Wall Street, Alice just doing like quaaludes <laughs> and Quay like Alice. being like, buy, buy and sell. Like, I love that. Oh my God. She's like, she's a day trader. And then she's also a high school student. Yeah. When it's, when it's sunny in Forks, she goes to New York to go to the stock market. She has a YouTube channel about all her Lamborghinis in the hill. <laughs> yeah. I have Thirteen Lamborghinis made a bikini camp. Like, pop off Wolf of Wall Street. We love this. Oh my god, Wolf of Wall Street. Dude, I wonder if she ever got into NFTs. I know she got into crypto. Oh, You know she got into crypto hard. And she got out just at the right time, too. Yes, she she did. Yes, she did. You know she did. All the way to the bank. She she bought early, Do we think Alice um, is a war profiteer? (laughs) Yes. Oh, she's a pandemic profiteer. All all of it. All the above. Oh, she's so fucked up. I you know love what? her. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta I know. do. Anything to just, um, spoil your human best friend into gifts she doesn't want. Oh, you gotta make sure you can afford it, you know? (laughs) Put that in the Bella Fund. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah, that's good. Lunch table. Um, The lunch Lunch table is amazing. Because now that we have Rosalie and Emmett and Jasper have all graduated. Now, this this is something they changed in the movie, which is really funny. We'll get to. But... Since Rosalie and Jasper are supposed to be twins, they've graduated. Emmett's graduated. They're described here as the older and scarier Cullen siblings, which I love. The three yeah. of them. And Bella's like, especially scary. Emmett, which, as we know, is funny because we're like, it's Emmett. He's just a guy. Oh, I love Emmett. Oh. He's just, dude, he's just a little guy. His job is beach. But I love that they changed that for the movie because, like, the fandom answer has just been like, maybe he's just fucking stupid. <laughs> and that's like Jasper, my favorite yeah. thing. In the movies, Jasper does not graduate along with Rosalie and Emmett. So everyone's like, why not? Like, Why not? What happened? And as Jasper appreciators, he's nineteen and he never learned how to fucking read. I was so happy. I was like, it doesn't make sense, but I was like, but we get more Jasper now. He's here. So I'm gonna fucking bite my tongue, and he's getting more lines and more screen time. So I'll shut the fuck up about it. I guess. My observation about this lunch table scene is when Bella tells us that she and Edward and Alice sit on the quote unquote extreme southern end of the lunch table because if we've learned anything from Life and Death, it's <gasps> she that loves a direction. Only girls know cardinal directions. So I assume that in this same scene, Bo told us inaccurately that he and Edith sit on the, like, the northwestern end of the lunch. And he was super wrong, I bet. So <laughs> wrong. Dead wrong. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I bet you anything, because like, 
they, she talks about how there's like an invisible line that dissolves on sunny days when Alice and Edward are gone, that where they kind of turn towards them on the lunch table and like include Bella a little bit more. But it makes me imagine that like Michaela in Life and Death or what is it, Euphoria and something, she, you know, she's still a bitch about it. You know, she's still a bitch about it because she's so much meaner. Well, same hat, because I was also thinking about this, and I was thinking, like, how sad is it that Bella's other friends don't know it's her birthday? Like, I bet Jessica (gasps) and Lauren would love to not celebrate your birthday and ignore you (laughs) No, they would love to not celebrate it! Shut up! No, I didn't realize that. I just, that just hit me. Oh, that's sad. so sad. sad. Imagine sitting at lunch with someone. I know, right? She's stoked. Lauren is missing her opportunity to make so many snide comments about aging. Like... Oh my god. She, on if only she really knew Bella's insecurity, she would seem like an actual bully. Mm. I want her to seem like uh, a real bully. I want her to seem realistic. She Bella should... deserves bullying as a treat. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Softcore No, bullying. she does. You're right. Because she, she thinks behaved. such rude things about people sometimes. But she's been very nice in this. Besides negging her grandmother <laughs> at the very <laughs> beginning dream. She's been pretty nice to people. Old so apricot yeah. looking ass. <laughs> Oh, that's true. For Bella, she's doing pretty Edward well. is also super nice in this chapter. I, because until we get to the part where he's, you're like, hold on. But he's well, like, he's on his best behavior. And I appreciate he's that. Because there's a part where she says, because he wants to drive. And she's like, um, no. And she said, it's my birthday. Don't I get to drive? Edward says, yes. I'm pretending it's not your birthday, just I'm as you wish. And he's really fun in this. He's doing a good job. Get her ass. He's getting an noise. A in boyfriend. Yeah lawyer her he's trying so hard and she's just so upset bitchy she's so moody <laughs> she's just like i'm so shit she even I'm talks about he's... how she snaps at him and she doesn't usually do that <laughs> yeah like girl chill it's okay they're gonna throw you a party but pop off queen well, my question is once again do we think there was the same squabble over who got to drive Bo's truck in this scene or do we think no you know there was no there was none because (laughs) Bo is just this submissive little weirdo who would never speak up against Edith and Edith would just well I was I was wondering like in which direction though like does is he just a sub who gets in the passenger seat or does she not even challenge she's like well it's your car you're the man (laughs) Mm, you know what that's a good point I can see it going either way damn I mean euphoria and something is literally just to choose your own adventure at this point we can really have fun with it I'm excited there's another fun line where it says Edward had drawn many careful lines for our physical relationship with the intent being to keep me alive. So I wrote King of Boundaries, but only when it has to do with sucking and fucking. So true. (laughs) He has to literally shove her away and leave room for Jesus when she tries to jam her tongue down his throat. Yeah, he's just like, no, no, no. Honestly. Back off. Bella, she got that dog in her, and I love it. I love it. She's just like me. She's gripping the sides of her seat. Just like she got that dog in her. Honestly, me too, girl. I'm I'm like a little bunny rabbit. Like me too. This so give funny. the girl such a scene. Such a scene Bella of all time. Is so fun. They're, they're making out in like her driveway. Um and we have to drink for the breath kink too, because we can hear about Edward's sweet breath <laughs> fanning across her face. Man. Sweet breath, mm-hmm. sweet breath. And then um, the ro- and then we get the Romeo and Juliet discourse. Yes. Well Which is <laughs> Gee, I want to pass this off to you. Stupid, real fast. Um, first because of all, this is your area. Not Edward immediately slut shaming Romeo for the crime of ah! having a crush on two girls. He wow. didn't have a crush on one girl. We love a monogamous king. Changed his mind monogamous, one time. Monogamous king, Edward. 
And then he tries to cancel Romeo for one measly revenge killing. Sir, you've murdered oh. hundreds. Like, oh my god, that's right. Oh my god, you're such a hypocrite. You have Edward. no leg to stand on here. Freaking glass houses, Edward. Your literal glass house that it's you live in. Do as I say, not as I do. Mm, yep, there we go. Truly. Um, I'm like, good for Bella, honestly, for being Romeo defense squad. Oh, yeah. Gee, I had a question to ask you because mm-hmm. um, Bella says, what's wrong with Romeo? I asked a little offended. Romeo was one of my favorite fictional characters. Until I'd met Edward, I'd sort of had a thing for him. And I, that feels like a red flag. Well, okay. Yes. Is that not I a did, red flag for a person? I did roast her for this immediately and brutally. Um, I, my, <laughs> my comment was, bitch, why? You do realize Mercutio and Tybalt are also in this play, right? Tell us you're tragically straight without telling us you're tragically straight. <laughs> like, that's by far the most boring answer in terms of, like, Shakespeare characters you could stand. Like, that's very dull. It, it's a, it's definitely a red flag. Yeah. Oh, my favorite part of the entire chapter is coming up in this scene. G, do you know what it is? Yeah. Do we have to do our scene? Is it time? Oh, wait, that's right. I forgot we have a scene to do. I want us to do this scene so okay. we can reference back to it later. It's important to okay. me. Okay. Um, so the situation is Edward and Bella are watching 1968 Romeo and Juliet when, and Bella's like, he's like, are you going to cry? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to cry. Here come the trigger warnings. Um, so... She, they're they're watching the scene where the two lovers at the end of Romeo and Juliet, spoiler, they die, um, are killing themselves. <laughs> oh no, really? Specifically, Damn. Julia is killing herself. Fucked up if true. Um, and <laughs> Edward yeah. decides, apropos of nothing, to start talking about his suicide plans. His dude. his suicide on, on her plans. birthday. Uh, I know you're acting like it's not her birthday, but dude. Me too. <laughs> That's how I'm on my birthdays. Not someone else's. Oh, Edward, he's like, yeah, um, you know what? So we're going to do some theater of our own for you. Oh my God. Much like Shakespeare. Okay. Um, in which, who, who would like to be which part? Who would like to be Edward? Who would like to be Bella? Who would like to be narrator? Okay, I'll be Edward. Okay, well, then do you okay. want to be the narrator? And Nicole, you can be Bella? Oh, say less. Okay, so I'm Ed. Yo. You're Bella, Nicole. Jean, you are the narrator. Okay, so we set the scene... They're watching Romeo and Juliet. Romeo has offed himself. Julia is about to do the same. I'll admit, I do sort of envy him here. Edward said, drying the tears with a lock of my hair. Pin in that. She's very pretty. He made a disgusted sound. I don't envy him the girl. Just the ease of the suicide. He clarified in a teasing tone. You humans have it so easy. All you have to do is throw down one tiny vial of plant extracts. What? I gasped. It's something I had to think about once. Blah, blah, blah. Digression about Carlisle. I didn't want to include that. Yeah. (laughs) It's too much. But as Bella, I twisted around so that I could read his face. What are you talking about? I demanded. What do you mean? This is something you had to think about once? Last spring, when you were nearly killed. He paused to take a deep breath, struggling to return to his teasing tone. Of course, I was trying to focus on finding you alive, but part of my mind was making contingency plans. Like I said, it's not as easy for me as it is for a human. My stomach plunged uncomfortably. Contingency plans? I repeated. Well, I wasn't going to live without you. He rolled his eyes as if that fact were childishly obvious. But I wasn't sure how to do it. I knew Emmett and Jasper would never help, so I was thinking maybe I could go to Italy and do something to provoke the Volturi. I didn't want to believe he was serious, but his golden eyes, drink, Ah! were brooding, focused on something far away in the distance as he contemplated ways to end his own life. 
Abruptly, I was furious. What is a Volturi? I demanded. The Volturi are a family, he explained, his eyes still remote. A very old, very powerful family of our kind. They are the closest thing our world has to a royal family, I suppose. Carlyle lived with them briefly in his early years in Italy, before he settled in America. Do you remember the story? Oh, of course I remember. <laughs> blah, 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 long Volturi digression here. <laughs> anyway, you don't irritate the Volturi. Edward went on. Not unless you want to die, or whatever it is we do. His voice was so calm it made him sound almost bored by the prospect. God, You know up. what, Nicole, I'm going to steal your line. I'm going to steal your line. Therapy. Therapy. See therapy. Like, See therapy. So dramatic. <laughs> Imagine just like your casual romantic movie night with your girlfriend and you're like, TBT to my suicide. Like, it's like kind of Esme vibes, right? She did oh this my at God, the baseball game. That is what Esme she did, yeah. Like, TBT to my suicide. Oh, this um, is so crazy. I love this. Just the, the unhingedness. The silliness of, of it all is just bonkers. I love it. There's a lot, a lot happens in this scene. There's crying. Um, for, we put a pin in the tear business, but I, I have another no. question for the for the feminist of the week. So Bella cries at this movie, which means Bo, who cannot cry, must have vomited. Bo doesn't at the same cry. Point. I Julia's think what's like, happening. Oh, no. Lips are warm, and since Bo's like, man Ugh. is hungry, since man's hungry, I think that in this scene, Bo's eating like popcorn or something, and he like chokes on it. I think he chokes on it because he's not allowed to get choked up. Well. The other option he can do instead of crying is all the skin can peel off of his face. I so either he no, lost his lasagna or all of his face skin just sloughed off no, at no. the sad part of Romeo no. and Juliet. You know, no, we need to go. You know what? It is true. Bo, we'll be back at you. But it is true that Bella cries in this and Edward even asks, will you cry? Probably, mm-hmm. I admit it, if I'm paying attention. And he says, I won't distract you then. Edward wants another snack. He does. He wants to eat more oh boy, tears. You're gonna love. You're gonna love my dark noon. Oh passage. my god! He wants another snack. I'm telling you, he's chock full of these tears by now, baby. Every time she cried over the summer, he said, Mike. "He was so looking forward to that crying." <laughs> oh my god! We Let's and then when that. she does cry, he dries her tears with her hair. Wait, he does? Wait, I missed that. You missed that? Yeah, girl. Edward said, drying the tears with a lock of my hair. Can you imagine someone doing that to you? It's not attached to her. She got a haircut over the summer and he keeps it in his back pocket. It's weirder. He has a little It's honestly weirder if it is attached to her. Like, there's not a single Kleenex in the swan house. He doesn't even use, like, his own sleeve. He's like, no, here's your hair in your eyeballs. I bet you, Alice. I bet you, Alice gave this girl a haircut in the beginning of the summer because she's like, "It's going to grow back, and you're human, and I'm allowed to do this, and I'm never allowed to cut anyone's hair. Let me do it now." And Edward just walks around with her hair shoved into his pockets in like Ziploc baggies. He smells it with super speed, and he could not be bothered to get up and get the new bottle cap or to ruin his own his own cashmere sweaters. He's like, you know what? No, Alice would have been mad. Truly, that's a thought experiment. Imagine someone doing that. Imagine someone drying your tears with your own hair. I would be like, put my hair down right now. (laughs) Do not do this to me. (laughs) The fuck's wrong with you? So after they do the dramatics. Bella, she's like, you must never, never, never think of anything like that again in yeah. regards to him killing himself. Mm-hmm. And no matter what 
might ever happen to me, you're not allowed to hurt yourself. First of all, no. toxic. He <gasps> can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but also, that quote specifically, the you must never, 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 so on, do whatever. Um, I just think of like that quote and then like cuts to like the Smash It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia title card <laughs> where it's like Edward kills Edward himself. does it. <laughs> Oh and it has God. a little song. That's oh. what like went on in my brain. Yeah, That's I was like, so good. Edward kills himself. Someone make that edit, please. <laughs> That's so incredible. We can also we can drink for her calling Carlisle an angel in the Volturi Seraphs. So that's two drinks. Volturi. We love the Volturi um, mm-hmm. lore. We love, love the lore. Them. Finally, getting some more lore. About how they're like a free suicide self-assisted. Oh my god! Euthanasia. I was about to. I was about to say. Yeah, they'll put him down. He got that dog in him too. <laughs> got that dog. Sorry, in him. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. <laughs> not the dog. I could talk about suicide, but nothing about dogs. No, I made an old yellow joke last no. episode. My bad. <laughs> you did. Oh my god. No, but it, it, he doesn't like chill out about it until Bella's like, well, what if I did something? What if you died and I off myself? And he's like, oh. That, Double no. standards. Yeah, then he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, but that was good. That's good foreshadowing when Bella's like, would yeah. you want me to off myself? Like, I know. that's This chapter, you're right. Foreshadowing, Nicole. It's everywhere. <laughs> she's like, eh? 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 Can, can, I'm gonna uh, do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna <laughs> don't ever leave. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like I will They're kill myself. They're so toxic. I love them so much. Okay, like, this scene um, is just like poster children for seek therapy. But I don't love. No, for real. I don't love this toxicity as much as Charlie loves Alice. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, Charlie shows up first <laughs> of all. Sorry. You got to hand it to him. He brought Bella a birthday pizza. That's lovely. Okay. I'm going to posit that this scene in um, Euphoria and something is identical, except that Charlie brings Bo two pizzas. Because man's no, I was hungry. about to say it has to be more than one. Yeah, man's hungry. Man's hungry, and then he immediately ruins it by yeeting a hard camera at her face. <laughs> oh my! I love that he threw it because why? You you knew better, dude. You met this girl. Yeah, no, not to throw shit at Bella. What's wrong with you? My other um, question for this scene is mm-hmm. for Euphoria and something is: Do we think that Charlie is as horny for Archie as he is for Alice? No, I bet you Charlie's like, Archie's my bro. Like, that's, yeah, he's my boy. Oh, do you think they that's do one-armed bro hugs? Do you think they I have bet a you they shake? do one-armed bro hugs, dude, yeah. He <laughs> loves Archie. Archie's signature move. No homo. Archie's <laughs> like, Archie slowly is like becoming the son that he wishes oh Bo was. God. He's like, he'll sports Archie wears scarves, so... That's a point and against Bo, And Charlie is a little homophobic in your, um, in Euphoria. But maybe it's, maybe it's like internalized homophobia. Maybe he is horny for Archie and that's oh, what makes him homophobic. Nice. Also hope not. <laughs> I hate that trope, but maybe it's, maybe it's happening. But you know what? I think, uh, yeah. Hey, why not? There, we do get some gay moments from Bella in this last we part do? of the chapter. Oh yeah. Well, First of all, she cannot talk about Rosalie, even in the abstract, <sighs> mm, without yeah. calling her golden, blonde, and exquisite. Like, okay, That's lesbian. so true. She does. Honestly, true. She does find Rosalie so hot. But I think it's really cute that, because she's like, oh, wait, I thought Emma and Rosalie were in Africa. And Edward's like, no, Emmett really wanted to be here for your birthday, which I think is Aww. so cute. Yeah. They came back from Africa? Aww. 
love him. That's nice. They came back from also, Africa. why were they in Africa? They sparkle. I assume because they were eaten animals. Different, different they animals. They want that game. Mm, the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were poaching <laughs> endangered species. Yeah, went after Simba. It happens. Oh my gosh. But Edward is like, well, none of us have had like a real birthday since Emmett in 1935. So can you like humor us? And Bella's like, oh damn, I didn't think of it that way. Okay, fine. Of course you didn't because you don't think about Which other people. I like when he uses that excuse because it's funny because it's like, it's cute. Right. It's cute that they want to celebrate her birthday and they're excited because right. they don't have birthdays. Get over it. <laughs> and there's a line where it says, Edward growled a deep menacing sound. This isn't going to be your last birthday, Bella, he vowed. And I said, LOL, that's what you think, bud. She's well, like, bet. Before that, we got we get another, like, this sounds pretty gay to me moment because mm-hmm. she and Edward are talking without talking, what, telling you what they're talking about. Like, we know they're talking about Bella becoming a vampire, but um, he's like, isn't there anything you want? And she's like, you know what I want. And he oh. goes, not tonight, Bella, please. And she goes, <laughs> well, maybe Alice will give me what I want. <gasps> We love it. Title of Bella's sex tape. Oh, maybe Alice will give me what I want. That not- Alice shows up with the little little gift. Here, I have this for you. It's a strap on. <laughs> it's a dick in a box. She said I'm going to hit it good tonight. Oh, my God. I never picked that up. Gee, you're such a treasure for bringing those things to my attention that I always Listen, fucking miss. It's my mission in life to find all the sex tape titles. It's so good. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But this is this is an interesting scene where they're on their way to the Cullens. On their way in, Bella makes like an actually cute vampire joke where she's taking a picture of Edward with her camera and she's like, if I develop this, will you show up on the film? That's cute. I forget that like it's 2005 here when she's like, oh, will you show up on the film? Because I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, film camera because it's. We're like, we're just before the digital age here, or we're transferring it. Yeah, because it. like by the time they made the movie, it's a digital camera that she gets her mm-hmm. birthday. Oh. I know. There's a lot of changes. Like, because Bella doesn't have a cell phone in the books. Um, mm. I'd love to just think of like 2023 Bella, where she's just like holding her little phone with a little peace sign, and Edward's in the background, like, just like <laughs> staring. He's rock hard. No! He's rock hard. <laughs> His rock hard eyeballs. Speaking of rock hard, again, horny ass Cullen descriptions. They just every time yeah. Bella sees them, the descriptions get hornier. She says she's, she's like, for- I forgot how hot they were. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's forgotten so how gloriously bad. beautiful Rosalie was. It almost hurt to look at her. And had Emmett always been so dot 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 big? Big title of Emmett Sexy! Emmett and his big, big Jeep. He's just a big boy. Oh, we love Emmett. We love it. Oh, that's so funny. It's repressed sexuality. Um, But no, Alice went ballistic with pink roses and pink candles and pink Pink roses and and silver presents. And I said, it's cute, Your Honor. It's cute. It is cute. I mean, I feel like we know Edward likes blue, but we never find out like what colors book Bella likes other than brown. Imagine Alice Which being like, funny. what color should your birthday decorations be? And Bella's like, brown. <laughs> Alice is just like, <laughs> she's like, I like dirt. I think <laughs> not. Like dirt. I think the fuck not. You're getting pink. <laughs> Best I can do. Baby pink. But she's like, oh, and Esme and Carlisle are there and everybody's so excited. And then she starts, she mentions Jasper. Mm-hmm. And she says, he's long and blonde. He's long and blonde, and she she has this fun line where she says, during the days we'd had to spend cooped up together in Phoenix, I thought he'd gotten over his aversion to me, but he'd gone back to exactly how he acted before, avoiding me as much as possible. The moment he was free from that temporary obligation to protect me, aka the promise of murder, I knew it wasn't personal, just a precaution, and I tried not to be overly sensitive about it. So I love how 
because we know what happens next. But I love it. She's like, damn, I wish yeah. Jasper well, foreshadowing would be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've been snickering this whole time because a thought uh, just occurred to me. Yeah. It was big and Jasper is long. I, <laughs> so. you, yeah, you know what? Cheers, bitch. We're really I'll getting some, that. some descriptions accepted. Fuck it. I love this. Listen, it's late at night. I'm allowed to say things. You, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> but um, I like that because Edward's like, oh, I didn't get you a gift. But So I love that Alice and Edward have a joint gift because that makes me so happy. Cute. Alice is like, this is our girlfriend. Well, and and Emmett, Rosalie, <laughs> and Jasper have a joint gift. Oh, that's which right. Which is very nice. Gift number one, she opens her first gift. It's an empty box, which like coming from Rosalie... And Jasper, like that. Oh, wait, that's funny. She's like, oh, she she like opens it. And she's like, thanks, thanks, Rosalie and Jasper. <laughs> thanks for and literally. Nothing. Jasper's like, no, he's it's a there's a real gift. Emma's putting it in. Emma's Which putting is- it in. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, oh, no, hey. it's a stereo. He's installing a stereo in her car because earlier Edward kind of set this up and remarked on how shitty her car stereo was. Foreshadowing. Yeah, there it is. There it is again. There it is. Foreshadowing in therapy. And then, I mean, she's opening her presents, and the only note that I had here... Present number two? Oh, is, is, um, lo, feral Jasper be upon ye. Feral Jasper be upon ye. Feral Jasper be upon ye. Paper cut be upon ye. Dude, and she must have really dug into that present. Like, I don't want to talk about it too much because the idea of a paper cut will make me shrivel up and lie down on the ground. Gross, gross, gross. I know. But also, girl, slow down. A yeah, paper cut's gonna truly. do that to your finger? She's like, I'm not excited, like, tearing <laughs> rapidly into it. She's like, I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. It's whatever. She's, like, ripping with her teeth. Oh. She's like, what is it? <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. And we never find out in this chapter, either. We don't find out what it oh, is. because right. Because of the paper cut causing Jasper to just fucking go ham. And, and I will say this. As he should. I will say this. The fact that Bella does not end up dead is a plot whole but um it's fine but it's fine well yeah yeah because edward is able to single-handedly restrain jasper which like it seems like you could have just had multiple people restrain him and then it would have been more realistic that edward doesn't die well yeah i know and they're talking about how all emma had to do was just put an arm around his neck well hold on stephanie you have a whole nother book in one book from now talk about how dangerous this bitch is and he can't get to her Three steps away. It's just like when he like wasn't going insane in the ballet studio, even though she I had know, like bled six gallons on the floor. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just as the plot demands. You know, we got to dis- suspend our yeah. disbelief so high. My favorite part so of this high. scene is that, and everyone, this is everyone's favorite part of the scene. What am I talking about? Is that after <laughs> Bella gets a paper cut, Edward physically throws her through a glass table. <laughs> He's like, oh no, a paper cut. Let me just injure you further and worse. Oh no, I threw her. She's definitely not annoying me today. Like Edward, <laughs> you would you would Toxic. start a mild little like stovetop grease fire and he'd be like, not to worry, I've got two gallons of gasoline. <laughs> He's like, I'm helping, right? Yeah, so helpful. Dude. Good job, buddy. Good job. The last sentence goes hard as hell. Nicole, do you have this that by it any does. Because I love this last sentence. Dazed and disoriented, I look up from the bright red blood pulsing out of my arm into the fevered eyes of the six suddenly ravenous vampires. Stumbled there a little bit. Ravenous. But I love it. I love it. Ravenous. They said we're going to tear you up, girl. They all got that dog in them. They do. Bark, bark. She's barking. Yeah, no. In hindsight, they they really should have bella proofed their house. 
Like, imagine she comes over and they've installed all those, like, Like, baby bumpers on, on the, the corners. corners. Yeah. yeah. There's childproof <laughs> locks on the cabinets. Yeah. There's a baby gate in front oh. of Rosalie's the room. The glass is what they use for, like, the Pope. For the Pope. <laughs> they bring Pope glass Edward in. would love to put Bella in a Pope mobile. You're so right. He wanted to buy her an Audi, but I think the Pope mobile is a better choice for her. No, that would be so much it's better. It's probably safer. Oh, my gosh. Well... Well, indeed. What a good first chapter. Starting off strong. Because I forget, Stephanie Meyer, she really does, like, because in last season, in the first chapter of Twilight, you meet Edward, which we had forgotten. And I guess I had forgotten that Feral Jasper Giovanni happens in this chapter, Yeah, I thought it was in chapter two. I guess because of this cliffhanger. She wastes no time. No, I enjoy Mm -hmm. that, that she's just like, you know what? I know what you're here for. Let's go. (laughs) You're here for the vampires (laughs) almost killing people. I should mention, for fans of Feral Jasper, go check out this scene in the graphic novels because the art goes so hard. He looks crazy. I wish I still had my graphic novels. little crazy monster boy. Yeah, I love rabid feral birthday Jasper. He's my favorite. We do love him. Gotta be one of my top Such 10 a silly Jaspers. kid. <laughs> it's gotta be one of my top Jaspers. He's just a silly guy. He's just a little hungry. Yeah, he's, okay. he's just yeah, a Yeah, it's guy. like a Snickers commercial. Little... <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry, Jasper. Have a Snickers. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe he's most him when he's hungry. Who's to say? So, should we still vote on an MVP for this Yes, chapter? well, and we, we have two. We have an additional proposal. And Nicole, you can help okay. us with the inaugural one of these. We're going to vote not only on an MVP, but we're also going to request... From Stephanie, who else's point of view should she write this chapter from? We're going to pick a character. Oh my god! Um, so we have yeah. two things to nominate. Two That's positions. Right, I forgot. Um, first of all, MVP. What are your guys' thoughts? Alice. Mm. Just because I'm going to say Alice too. She did throw a damn good party. I mean, a damn good she... party that the bitch didn't want, which is even funnier. <laughs> she said, "I know you don't want this, but this is for me." At this point, it has everything: presents, candles. Bowls of pink roses, murder, bloodlust. My husband like, trying to fucking kill you. <laughs> exactly. You're welcome. New York's hottest club is the Cullen House. So <laughs> oh, yes. that's a great nominee. My my nominee um, was the birthday gift that sliced Bella to ribbons. Oh, um, that's right. For, for kicking that off thick the plot. ass cardstock um, for, that she really got herself good on. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a choice. Yeah, we can do silly we ones. We love our, yeah. our stupid nominees. Oh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dang, I retract my Ooh, statement, okay. oh, gonna... and I do want to do Edward, or sorry, Bella's old stereo. Oh, oh. the oh. <laughs> old stereo rights. Old stereo Wait, rights. That's funny. That's cute. I like just, that. Just because it's not modern doesn't mean it like that can't perform its job, yeah, and I feel like Edward, thing. you know, could really relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for him. Environmentally responsible to keep using your functional old things, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with all of these nominees. I'm, I'm fine with a three-way tie. They're fun. Um, if I have to, if I have to budge, I'll budge for the envelope. But I do still think the gift. The env- I'm just gonna keep saying well, the, the envelope. The envelope, the gift was bought by Alice, so they they could. <sighs> the Fine, you're right. <laughs> it's just the gifts. The gifts are the ones that keep on giving this episode. The birthday right? gift on her birthday on her birthday with a birthday gift. <laughs> exactly, it's the birthday How presents. Dare you care. I think the birthday presents as a collective are just okay. The MVP okay, so that, that would include the new stereo too. Controversial. It works. Um, the presents. Okay, what about what about category number two? Our request for Stephanie. What is our? I already know mine. I want Rosalie so bad. I want hers so badly because I that too. Not only. Does Emmett say, no, we have to leave our vacation because I have to go to this girl's birthday party. Bella shows up <laughs> at his birthday party not wanting to be there. Rosalie 
came here from Africa because her husband yeah. said, Liotta, go. And then she now this is happening here. I want to hear her judgments. I want to hear what she thought when well, Bella showed up. This is what she was goddamn afraid of back in, all the way back in Midnight Sun <laughs> chapter four when she was like, you can't date a fucking human. Like, that's a recipe for She's disaster. like, I told you, motherfuckers. I told you from the moment I saw this bitch. Exactly. Get the fuck away from her. <laughs> she told us so. Um, yeah, no, Rosalie was one of my nominees. I actually had three. Um, uh, Rosalie because she doesn't want to be here. Jasper because bite bite kill um and charlie <laughs> because charlie's account of the evening is that he ate pizza and watched the mariners game <laughs> oh that's I true read that chapter. Hmm. so i'm i'm happy with any of those what do you think nicole honestly i would love to know alice's point of view like setting up the party like she's party planning she's with like, alice hdtv episode right i i want the party planning episode the beach episode i want the like Will she like brown or pink? Okay, I'm gonna go pink. And Edward's like standing there, like she's gonna hate this, and she's like, "Okay, so I can see the future, and it's gonna be great." That's so funny. And I just, I would love the domesticity of it. I just want to know, like, I would also hate? like the oh the shit little- moment when <laughs> when Jasper goes yeah. for it. Well, that would like, be good. This, this for is oh Alice's shit whole job to try to see this shit coming, but she yeah. could not predict. Maybe I maybe I want to change my him. answer to Alice because now that I think about that, yeah. my my little jealous fanfic card is like, oh my god, this would be a fun fanfic. Maybe I should write. This. She's at Party City getting pink things. I'm still clinging to Rose, though. I want the Schadenfreude. <laughs> I mean. We could have people vote, or we could just give it to both of them. Because... Okay, fine. We'll give it to both of them, and people can vote. To yeah, decide yeah. who really should win. So that's that's our requests for Stephanie. That's our requests for Stephanie. That's what we want for our birthday. Yeah, so that wraps up our new moon chapter, which means it is time to test out our new bit. Our new gimmick. Um, Nicole, you're here for the inaugural experiment where we are going to I'm so excited. continue the story. Basically. Bo's fine. Bo's and then fine. Edward, we also get Edward Nude Moon. Yes. So Shannon and I each, we assigned ourselves homework in addition to our summaries of these imaginary chapters of Euphoria and Something and Dark Noon. Um, (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) We also each chose like one scene or like little dialogue exchange or paragraph to rewrite as if we were writing that book. As Stephanie would have written. As if we were Stephanie writing, yeah. Yeah, so we have not read these. We have not read each other's. We are going to read each other's for the first time out loud. Okay. You're going to review my work. So um, this is is my fanfic. Okay. Um, So Shannon has given us some context for this. She says, this excerpt is mirrored by Bella showing up to the Cullens for her birthday party on page 25. I hope you enjoy. Here we are. Euphoria and something. Bo Swan POV. We were pulling up to the house now. The front was elaborately decorated with fancy lights and stuff. It was probably really nice or something. I couldn't tell. On the porch and lining the wide stairs up to the front door were large glass bowls filled with different types of flourishing plants. It made their fancy home look like something out of a safari or straight from an episode of the Jeff Corwin experience. The Cullens all waited in the big living room, and when the chorus of Happy Birthday, Bo! reached my ears, I could feel my skin getting hot and splotchy, and instead directed my clumsy focus elsewhere. The table had more unknown plants, presents wrapped in old newspaper comic strips, and a birthday cake decorated to look like the killer bunny from my favorite Monty Python movie. 
Wow. I, I feel like I hit some points there because you packed in the bow lore. I did. He's splotchy. He's not. He's not doing well. He likes him fucking animals. This is a good ass birthday party for him. I my, one of my questions for you, and I have a list of questions for oh, the fuck. feminist of the week. Oh, um no. they're not hard. I asked half of them okay. already. Um, okay. One of my questions for you was going to be, like, what did Bo get instead of pink roses? Because that's obviously far too gay. Uh, Bo oh, could never have a pink yeah, rose. Yeah, no. He can't perceive color. I feel like Alice just went to fucking Home Archie. Depot and was like, give me a bunch of snake plants or something. She just did snake plants. Archie was lining. like, let me get the Monsteras, the ficuses up in here. Oh, my gosh. Because, yeah, no flowers. See, they, he's not allowed to have roses and bowls because he's absolutely he's not oh boy here's my feminist of the week questions right. number one how was archie described uh instead of having a pixie face because alice is described as having a pixie face oh my gosh Bo or Bo's probably describing archie as like because i feel like he does at one point refer to archie as graceful or something like that sort of but then he's like kind he's graceful of. like a stag, he has to know like homo it though Anything yeah. that Bo says about Archie Nicole has to immediately like no homo it. So I feel like if he if he says anything about Bo's appear about Archie's appearance, it's going to be immediately followed by. Like, well, not always because there was that part where Archie had hungry eyes and like deep obsidian mm. eyes or whatever. He really loves his gemstone eyes. <laughs> yeah, he truly does. That's a good point. Masculine gemstone eyes. Um, so I, I mean, maybe he had a twinky face, you know, an impish I, face. No, I can't stand a you. Twink face? A twink, twink face? Twinky? Like you said twinky? Like, like Troy Sivan? Well, yeah! What's the, what's the, <laughs> it's a Troy Sivan! Just like Troy Sivan! New fan cast just dropped. Troy Sivan for Archie Cullen in, in Life and Death slash um, Euphoria and something. Have to shave your head, King. Um, oh, right. But yeah, I, that was a question of mine, so... Audience, you can also weigh in on that, listeners. Um, my next question was, did Bo also get a scrapbook and camera for his birthday? And does he call it a scrapbook? Or is that too much of a feminine hobby? Or is he allowed no, he does, to scrapbook? He does, I don't think he calls it a scrapbook. I feel like he just calls it like an album or something. But I'm sure Photo he definitely journal. gets a camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Bo's the only one of these characters who would be willing to get therapy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think he would be the only character. He's He's a good kid. I love him. Mm-hmm. But no, he definitely got a camera and he definitely got the same scrapbook, but he does not call it a scrapbook. And my my final question for Euphoria and something is when Edward and Bella are in the truck and he's shitting on the truck, he off, he's like, I would love to buy you an Audi coupe. Oh, what no. Bo of, does not get an Audi coupe. What kind of no. masculine no. car did Edith threaten to buy for Bo? Because I, I don't know enough about cars. I'm like, I can just imagine her being like, please. Ooh, what would I feel like? <laughs> I'd love to buy you a Mitsubishi. It would be it would be like a Lexus um, SUV or something. Mm, like a sleek S- Lexus SUV. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like a little coupe. It would be something big. Not a, not a, a big pansy ass And Bo's tall. Bo's so tall. Bo's impossibly tall. Yeah. She'd be like, let me get you a Hummer. Let <laughs> me get you a Hummer. Love a Hummer. Yeah. But that was my final question. And they're all open-ended. So if, if you guys have thoughts, you know where to contact us. You can yeah. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to think because what fucking cars hell. Edith is buying Bo. I mean, gee, you wrote the Midnight Sun New Moon version, which we're calling Dark, Dark Noon. Dark Noon. I keep getting so it messed up because it's it's so funny. Dark Noon, so which is Edward's version of New Moon. Gee, you wrote a little bit of something, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Do we get context or no? No context? It's the Romeo and Juliet scene. There you ah, go. Ah, okay. That's so I'm going to read this blind for you guys and see how well this goes. 
Damn, you wrote more than me. Okay. You wrote a lot more than me. Okay, ready? I did not pay attention to the movie, a rather pedestrian adaptation I had seen countless times. Instead, as I had promised, I watched Bella. It was fascinating to catalog her minute reactions, her soft sigh when the lovers first kissed, the sharp intake of breath when Mercutio, I don't know how to say his name. Mercutio. Mercutio was killed, the delicate blush that spread across her cheeks as Juliet spoke of nightingales, and I longed to know what she was thinking, but not for the world. Would I have interrupted the thoughts beneath the deep brown wells of her eyes as Shakespeare's words flowed through her? She understood them as few humans could. No doubt Jessica Stanley had not even bothered to watch the film, but Bella, with her sharp but readable mind, could keenly perceive the emotion of the story, and soon her eyes were moist with tears just as she had predicted. <laughs> Temptation swelled in my core as I watched the wetness glisten on her cheeks. And Romeo's earlier words came back to me. Oh, to be a glove upon that hand that I might touch that cheek. The slight the sight transported me back to my piano bench on the day I had first played Be- Bella her lullaby. And I imagined the salt taste of those tears on my tongue, the feel of them lodged eternally inside me with their cherished companion. But I mastered myself and managed to resist the particular temptation instead of wiping the glistening tears away with a silky lock of chest in her chestnut hair. I do sort of envy him here, I joked as Juliet bent over her true love's corpse. My attempt at merriment failed to lift Bella's spirits. She's very pretty. She thought I was referring to the actress playing Juliet. How infuriating when the only beauty worth admiring was here in my arms. No, I had only one reason to envy Romeo and it had come to me in a stolen car as I sped through the streets of Phoenix, fretting that I would be unable to follow my love in death. A vial of poison, a feeble leap from a cliff. My monstrous body was too strong, too unnatural for such convenient means of suicide. On the screen, Juliet plunged her husband's dagger into her chest and fell dead. How lucky humans were. I? <laughs> where, where, what was it that I lost my mind at? Temptation swelled within my core. Who <laughs> wants to eat those tears? You're so right. I had to put a title I, of the sex tape in there. You know? I'm so glad this you went so poetic for it. Original. I have two things. Can yes. I? Mm-hmm. The Using the word pedestrian. <laughs> ugh, I, who says that? Edward. I love it. Does. And then. And then also the way that you shed and read it made me think of like an anime where like the protagonist he's just like having conversation and then he like like sinks inwards and he's like oh if only she would know how I feel about. like so like that's how like in my head that no, you right. just like some well really that's bad like anime. how Midnight Sun reads you're making me want a Midnight Sun anime that, right oh my god he is dramatic enough that that would just work think really of all the sparkles that they could put around <gasps> cartoon you know Edward. Oh, they love And that. Bella has the bloody nose every time. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. That would be such a problem. He would know that be so <laughs> that would be such a problem cuz her constantly bleeding. Jasper would kill her in chapter Oh two. my god. I And then credit. bonus content for those of you who are not familiar yes. with um 1968 Romeo and Juliet. When I said Bella blushed at the nightingale moment, that's because that is the moment when you see Romeo's bare ass and Juliet's titties in that movie. What? These nice. are things I just don't. Yeah. Know. Oh, the 1968 movie has nudity. Um, they just the actors who are now in their 70s just tried to sue because they were 15 and 16. Because weren't they like? Oh. Yeah. Um, the lawsuit was thrown out. I think I don't know if it's like statute of limitations or, or, or for what reason. I think so. Um, but yeah, no. There's there's nudity in that movie, and I remember being shown it in English class, and my teacher getting up and physically covering the ass with her hands. So that are but not the titties. I I think both, but it's it's like these two really brief moments 
where like they've fucked what? and you see his ass and you see her boobs what on earth this is crazy. so like just imagining them like watching that movie together i feel like bella would be like oh, horny and like edward's like doesn't even register like doesn't no not she's at all gripping he's too mormon the seat. <laughs> she's gripping the seat you're right <laughs> She's about to eat some glass to calm herself down. <laughs> and she does eat glass at the end of the chapter. Oh my god. That's right. <laughs> oh no. Oh, this is terrible. Wow. Wow. I loved that. Gee, that was so that's incredible. that's my... That's my proposal for. I'm glad that you also had to neg Jessica Stanley in there. I I almost wish mm-hmm. that you did. You have to decide between Jessica or Mike Newton to throw in there. I did. I did. You did. I had um, a feeling probably. Yes, I can only a misogynist be king. So I, I I went with Jessica ultimately. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I love I, I put that. Mike in the summary. You know, he definitely is making fun you of did. Mike for copying his hairstyle. You know, yeah. he couldn't let that slide. Um, but both of these passages, these original passages, will be available to read on our <laughs> Tumblr after this episode comes out. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoy our our sort of fan fiction. I guess it, it's get, fan fiction. I, I hope you enjoy us getting silly with it and kind of going yes and for the entire season. Yes, yeah. Our new bit, <laughs> our new gimmick. Our new bit. Uh, weigh in. Tell us what you think. Yeah, and help us pick a name for um, the Life and Death version. Euphoria and something, yeah. Euphoria and... We're, we're soliciting so much input in this episode. Well, I'm trying to think, of, are there any other silly bits that we haven't covered? No, I think we, we we've done what we all. can with what we have, yeah. Oh man, that's exciting. Well, Nicole, thank you yes. so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Nicole. I am so happy. I I was like, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't do it. Aww. Like I love I was like, but I'm going to. I was like, no, I'm shy. I was like, no, I'm gonna do it. And then I was like, for new moon, I was like, I am a certified new moon hater, so I'll do it. Oh <laughs> T. You said I have to do it out of spite. Don't like this book, I can't I, I have to go through with it. And and you know, it's the first little bit of a book I read in probably fifteen wow. years. So We're special. Me, I know how to read. I it's love that. Oh my god, you read <laughs> for us. Yeah, I oh, did. Oh my god, we are special. only for you too. Oh my god, We're special. Um, and if it has to be Twilight, Twilight rights, baby. Be. That's what we're all about. Well, thank you, Nicole, for gracing us with your presence and being being the first in this experiment of how no. how we go forward from here. I'm- so honored i thought about it i was like i i'm the first one so brave season, so brave my least favorite book <laughs> this is gonna be great yeah. bravery so excited. the bravery well, of i all. for one i'm excited to keep reading new moon i think i think i'm gonna reparative read it so yeah hard. and speaking of reading g what else do we have going on we've got so much going on we have <laughs> so schmeds for days and we have not only are we having Romeo and Juliet movie night, but we are also having Bella's book club kicking back off. We had an awesome summer. We did this such a fun summer reading kind of program where like everyone submitted their book recs and then we all read each other's favorite books. Um, But now we are back to a monthly book and it has to come from Bella's list of favorite books and authors in Midnight Sun. Uh, So we are kicking off uh, September with kind of a deep cut. We are going to be reading Emily of New Moon by L.M. Montgomery, who, in case you didn't know, also wrote Anne of Green Gables. But, like, Emily of New Moon is, like, spicy Anne of Green Gables, you know? Her her lesser-known, hippier... Like, if you're if you're a hippie or mentally ill or a writer, you will love <laughs> Emily of New Moon. Oh, um, yeah. Let's go. So, so this episode airs Bella's birthday, September 13th, and that means you have a little less than three weeks to read the book before our discussion date, which is October um, 2nd. 
not quite Mean Girls Day. But it's very easy to participate in book club if you haven't tried it out before. Super easy. You can just follow our Tumblr, which is Bella's Book Club, all one word. And we have a Discord, which is where we have our little our little chats, our little discussions, as well as our movie nights. Um, and those are always on Monday nights. So mm-hmm. yeah, come come check us out. Yeah. We are going to be talking books for another year. We have <laughs> M and I just drew up the schedule for which books we're going to be reading and like they're so fun they're not not what you think some surprises in there Mm, that's exciting also we realize we have solicited your opinion on a lot of different topics in this episode because it's it's far more open-ended right um and one of the things we really really want you guys' help with is making some covers for our alternate fake books that we just made up um our our dark noon and our as yet untitled euphoria and something um so you heard me and shannon discuss some ideas for what we think should be on the cover in the first half of this episode and now the ball is in your guys's court we want to see what covers you can come up with bring your best photoshop skills your graphic design is my passion skills and we're going to be having a little contest over on our tumblr um to you know kind of just bring us your art bring us your covers uh, mock yes. up some covers for these books and we are gonna the prize for whoever we <laughs> decide is our winner is um or our two winners is we are going yes. to let you name a character in yeah. dark noon because i mean <laughs> spoiler alert edward kind of goes off on a little adventure so i mean hey we can kind of just have there fun might with be that. Some, some original characters yeah we might have to make up some names i know who's to say um so we're gonna let you you can you can name it after yourself you can name it whatever you would like if we choose your cover as our favorite so yeah um we we haven't picked an end date yet i think we'll just um give you guys until exactly a month from today uh, episode three yeah and if you hear us after even we've decided still referring into it as dark noon and euphoria and something it's because we're filming a whole bunch of or recording a whole bunch of episodes over the next week or two so (laughs) don't worry we're gonna we're still gonna abide by your (laughs) guys's your your suggestions your your polls yeah Vote in our poll for what the title of Euphoria and Something is. You don't even have yes. to have our skills for that. <laughs> and you can find these polls and everything. You can find us in plenty of places, actually. Um, and of course, details we are... on the contest, details mm-hmm. on the book club. Yeah. And we are three books, one plot, all spelled out, all one word, on Tumblr, where you'll find information like that. We're also on Instagram, TikTok. And Ko-Fi and our Gmail is three books, one plot at gmail.com. Um, you guys have sent us a lot of really fun asks over the summer, which we've really appreciated. It's really fun to always read your messages on Tumblr. But if you ever have a really long one or you're like, hold on, this has to have an actual, we need to do a little TED talk. Send us an email. We'd love to read it. We'd love to talk about it. Um, the only different account is Twitter, which is dead. So I'm not even going to re- read it. Um, <laughs> um, if, but suffice yeah. to say, we are accepting your submissions <laughs> for the cover contest on all of these platforms. Anything that can send an image, you can send us your cover. Yep. And just let us let us know who to credit it to, your, what name you'd like it to be under. Um, and then again, another thank you to everybody who's been sending us messages, everybody who's been rating and reviewing the show. Um, so if you do use Spotify again, we do have questions. We do have um, polls under there. We have a poll and an open-ended question of the episode every time. And we have so many questions to choose from this time. Yeah, and if you don't have Spotify, you can always come and play around with all this nonsense on Tumblr. So we're going to yeah. get better about cross-posting between Hit us up. We love for it. you poor non-Spotify users that I always feel so bad for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gee, what is Bella's safety tip? 
This is a new season, new safety tips, new book. It is a new How season. is Bella going to keep safe this season? <gasps> What's your safety tip of the day? Well, I'm so excited. This week's safety tip honestly kind of writes itself, right? Edward's safety tip of the week is if your girlfriend is bleeding, throw her through the nearest table. <laughs> stat. And Bella's safety oh tip of the week is gift bags. Thank you very much. Gift we will bags. See, see you next time. Bye. Gift bags. Bye. Bye.